Wakey, wakey, Iggy Biggy. Tis the Smodcoast Morning Show, blasting awesome sauce all over your interwebs. Ah, oh, yeah. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to this Smodcast Morning Show Tuesday Left Coast Edition. I am your host, Mario, is what I would have said. It's, in fact, is what I did say in the live podcast, but I forgot to press record, so you missed the first 20, literally 20 seconds of it, where Bill said, um, fuck the East Coast, I don't know why he says that, and then, um, then I noticed that we didn't press play or record, and by we, I mean me, and so that's what exactly what you missed, and we're going to come right in as I talk about Dan, who's not here right now. He's, uh, I think I mentioned that he's in Canada. So enjoy the show. Um, please look at it's getting better. I, I started relatively on time. So it's, we're working at the kinks. Bear with me. Uh, we love you and keep smodding. Uh, welcome to the show. And, um, Dan was on this trial for two, over two weeks, almost three weeks. And, the judge uh, apparently hurt his back Ooh. and had to, to recuse himself, so it was a mistrial. Ah, what a waste. Which means that the entire thing uh, is gone by the wayside. All that jurying for nothing. Yeah, exactly. All so, that deliberating. And um, so he is uh, he's actually working on a pilot right now. Oh, great. Are we going to be in it? Uh, it shoots in Vancouver. Are we going to be in it? It shoots in Vancouver. Are you in Vancouver? I right need now? a yes or no. Are you in Vancouver? I need a yes or no, Marty. I need more information. No one, I... no one ever tells me anything. In this are you industry. Canadian? Don't make me figure it out on my own. Just tell me yes or no. No, you're not in it. Thank you. It's so rare that you, as an actor, you get a, a no. I know that's why. Even in, even I mean, in jest, I wanted I mean, you, you just to tell get, me you yes or no. You always get a no. You most frequently get a no, but you rarely hear it. Right. You get the no through silence. So you go to an audition. If you book it, you hear You get the, the, the hey, you, you booked it. Mm -hmm. If not, there's just radio silence. Or we're twice already this year. And this is, this, I shouldn't complain about this because I know it's a badge of honor and it's a sign that you're on the right track. But twice already this year, I've been put on a veil, which I explained what on veil is. On a veil is obviously short for available. Um, it means it's basically down to two people or three people. You're sp they're supposed to only be able to put two people on a veil, but I, I just don't suspect that's the case anymore. Um, and it means that you have to make yourself available for the wardrobe days when they would give you your costume and, and, and the shoot days. And the shoot days. So I was on a veil for two days of wardrobe and seven days of shooting. And, wow. and the whole time, it means it's down to you, you and one other guy. So you've and, done something right. And they're trying to figure out if you're going to work with the other cast. So they're like, There's oh, a million factors. Yeah. yeah. And Bill's white and Marty's Asian. Do we want an Asian guy in there or not? Yeah. And this was for commercials. So you have the director and you have the producer. I only would have shot one of the seven days, but it was oh. a big, it, it was actually one of those um, Dosa Keith's most inter interesting man commercials. Oh, well, then you would never get it. I didn't. Yeah, um, but the, you're the, hardly interesting. <laughs> the, well, I, it wasn't about me. I was the uninteresting guy that interacted with him. But the bitch of it is, they don't call you and say you're no longer on a veil. The wardrobe days come and go, and you just you're just left to figure out. Well, I guess I'm not shooting, right? Um, Which is why it was so important for you, Marty, to tell me no, even though we fictionalized the scenario. No, it was good. It was good. <laughs> I really liked it. Uh, Emily is on her way. She's um, notoriously oh, late. And then uh, Steve, I haven't heard from. He, the notorious L-A-T-E. 
yes. But if you don't know, now um, you know. Last week, Steve had a horrible flu, and oh. then I haven't heard from him. My sis- my, I'm suspecting he's on a job, but he doesn't like to give me information. Nobody likes to give information on the show. Bill doesn't give any personal information. Steve doesn't give any professional information. He only gives the w- personal information that nobody wants to hear. For those I of you who are new to the show, this is rape. how it goes. What? <laughs> I kind of wanted to hear about night raping. Okay, that says something about you, <laughs> and we will not get into that. Um one of the arguments in the health care system is that uh, boom, the U.S. has the best treatments available in the world, right? You know, I disagree. I'm getting all into holistic shit. Okay, well, there's... I'm anti-pharmaceuticals. That's, we'll get into that later, uh, because that's a very interesting thing that I would love to talk to you about. Um, and, like, all the highest tech treatments come, mm-hmm. come out of the U.S., and, and you get these people saying, well, the U.S. has the best healthcare system in the world but we don't have the be- if you look at the numbers we don't have the best outcomes in the world we don't have but if and you also at- the access right so what, these- what's the point of having the greatest technology available if, exactly if you can't afford it we have these well-endowed hospitals that invest in expensive technology well-endowed which, which ex- attracts people from all over the world big for dick hospitals like you get these uh like there's a huge scandal at ucla which is an excellent hospital because mm-hmm. these japanese businessmen were coming over to get liver transplants because they drink really heavily over there and uh, they they were paying shitloads of money, mm. and so basically, if you have money, sure, it's great. Uh, and the, the, so the system works out for the wealthiest of the wealthy. And the same argument can be made for higher education. Easily, yeah, yeah. So I'm thoroughly convinced, and I again, I don't mean to gripe because I've I've had a wonderful life because of it, but I'm thoroughly convinced that I had a wonderful life. Shut up. I, it's just it's my attitude towards my life that sucks, not my life itself. Oh, I see. Uh, I'm thoroughly convinced that I was able to attend Brown. I was accepted because uh, I didn't need any financial aid. Right, right. And if I, was, if I did, I don't think I would have. I, I don't was, think it would have counted. I was blessed because I, you know, I, I you're not white. I'm no I'm desperate for non-whites. <laughs> no, I was actually I was a jock, and I I got recruited. So is that true? Yeah. For uh, um, for what for tennis? No, for fencing. Really? Uh, so I vaguely knew that. National champion fencer. Huh. Uh, three-time All-American, you know. You got uh, a dope Perdopio? What, what? I have a dope Perdopio. Do you have a dope Perdopio? I don't know what you're saying. My Perdopio in fencing is dope. <laughs> That's not something we do. That's a stage fighting thing. Well, um, I learned in a fencing class. So, uh, according it's to... It's a double thrust. Yeah, oh, great. According... Oh, I'm trying to connect with you, Marty. You're not even making uh, eye contact. Yeah. We, it's called a redoublement. That's what we call it. Well, maybe I learned it from a French guy or an Italian guy. Uh, so, according to the World University Rankings, eight or seven out of the top ten universities in the world, according to this survey, mm-hmm. are American. And yet, we have this huge education gap. A bunch and, of dumb shits. Well, we're not such dumb shits, but we're also... Dumb shits. No, unmotivated. Actually... <laughs> Be open to a dialogue. Um, okay. <laughs> the student de- debt has become an epidemic. So right now, student debt in the U.S. is over $1 trillion, quadruple what it was 10 years ago, mm. $1 trillion. So mm. uh, this is contributing to the wealth gap. It's forcing graduates to go into work for money as opposed to work for career building, mm-hmm. you know, for the betterment of society. And, and it's hindering lower income students from pursuing higher education. Mm-hmm. So this is a huge problem, um, and we see it. We see people being turned away from education, higher education, and meanwhile, the, these high 
achieving schools are, are doing well because they attract the best of the best and the wealthiest of the wealthy. Um, so there's a guy on the Atlantic who uh, named Jordan Weissman who makes the argument that public schools, uh, all public universities should could be tuition free, and mm. so and, and and in fact, they're uh, Stanford is tuition free right now. Their endowment really? is so large uh, I that, didn't know that it's in their best interest to to because they attract the best of the best and mm-hmm. alumni make so much goddamn money. Right. They they can they can uh, keep it that way. They can keep it that way exactly, and that's a great system. And if you think about that on a on a university system, on a, on a public school system, that makes a lot of sense. And that's what they do in Europe. So like Dan Savage, uh, in one of his rants, he... Ooh, Marty's getting a phone call. Yeah. He went over to um, to Finland, where a couple of our listeners are, and he talked to a, a PhD student and said, oh, how are you paying for it? And he goes, well, what do you mean? I, I just... My <laughs> job gave me a leave of absence, and and uh, and it's... Being my tuition is paid for by Finland, and so it's not maybe not the highest. Uh, maybe it's not as good as well, or, or it's a different education than here. Their, their mm-hmm. education system is different, but they're paying for it. You know, the, the government, right. and it helps society. As and they're not, and the the graduates aren't carrying a, a unbearable burden. Right, so they come out with like hopeful, right, and, and looking forward looking instead forward. of looking back. Right, and and you could make the argument that. Um, that having student debt makes student makes graduates hungrier and more aggressive. That's one counter argument that some mm-hmm. people say. Uh, but on the other hand, if you you make uh, so basically, he says that if the government were to invest sixty billion dollars a year, which is substantial, but not compared to the military budget, which right. is you know over a trillion, um, you could. Make and and you divert all the the Pell grants right now into public universities. You could make all public universities free. That hurts private universities because those Pell grants aren't available. But you attract the best of the best to these public universities, and that right. strengthens strengthens them. So, yeah, of the seven, yeah, of the seven uh, top ten schools, six of them uh, that were in the U.S. Six of them were private. Six of them are Harvard. No, uh, one of them's Harvard. Yale came in number eleven. But ooh, Brown didn't even make it. I bet. No, of course not. But uh, Berkeley is. <laughs> Do in not the top scoff ten. at my Ivy League education. But even Berkeley, you're spending, you know, fifty thousand dollars or whatever. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it's five figures a year, and people are coming out of college with six figure debts, and that's just not the way a society should groom its young. I still and. Obviously, it, for anyone who's listened to the show, knows that I'm not pr- particularly politically educated. I don't. I, I really after not even after doing this for a year. <laughs> it's not. It's not where I focus my energy. I actually have very little faith in the American political system, um, and I don't appreciate the uh, personalities of politicians. But um, campaign finance reform. All the money that is spent on campaigning to stay in office. Sure. If 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 that just weren't an issue, if it just weren't an, an option, if it if it were either either illegal or just restructured, the millions and millions of dollars on the local level for small time government that could be diverted into pretty much anything else. And that actually makes me more frustrated than military spending. Well, I do think military spending is is grotesquely out of line with what is needed. Uh, we did this like four weeks ago, so. I wasn't here. <laughs> you know, I showed up on time. No, you were late. 
No, I wasn't. Yes, you were. No, I was around the corner at a coffee shop, and it was like <laughs> quarter to nine. I was like, I'm totally on time. I just don't feel like going there yet. Um, all right. Well, joining us in the studio here, uh, Emily. Last time I ever tried to contribute to you. To, to the- Emily, you're number three. Oh, jeez. Are you? Uh, no, that's me. It's really, it's a small enough oh room God. that we don't need to hear ourselves in our headphones, guys. <laughs> yeah. Are you that hearing? sounds so much better. Are you hearing yourself? Uh, yeah, I can hear myself. All right, good. I just hear you guys too loud. <laughs> oh, well, it's because you turned all those dials when you got in here. <laughs> all right. Joining us she is walked, Emily. She walked Ow! in and started turning dials. All right, here, I'll turn it down. I'll turn it down. Here. Yeah, undo all that, the damage that, better? that she just did. No. Hello. It's all still loud. Oh, Jesus. Uh, anyhow, Emily's joining us today. Hi, everybody. Um. So what did I walk into? Something. Uh, I was trying to contribute to the political discussion. And got <laughs> shot down. So I'm yeah. just going to shit on Marty's ideas for the rest of the show. <laughs> oh, this is you. There oh, you go. there it is. All right. Sorry, guys. We this is stuff that James handled all perfectly and amazingly, and I stumbled through. Thanks, so we're Simon. still. I we're miss you, still James. Having problems. I miss you, James. By the uh, by the way, good morning to uh, Logan. Have we heard Logan before? Anyhow, I think maybe probably. And good morning to Darren and Yako and Mike and Drew. And also in the future, Allison, and uh, who's list going to listen uh, to pot it? And everybody else hey, is potting future, it. Allison. Jade Lynn, Chris Brown, Jeff, uh, PDG, etc., etc. You can join in on the conversation. That's at Nooner Dan Marty, or you can always email us. There's still room in the mail sack. That's um, Nooner Podcast at Gmail dot com. We also are on the. Uh, the Tumblr, which is uh, Tuesdays morning tum- at tumblr.com, Tuesdays mornings, and that's handled by Tyson and Darren. So thank you guys for that. And um, let's talk uh, Super Bowl. This uh, past weekend was the Super Bowl, the, the most watched Super Bowl football game uh, in all of history. On television, yeah, not, in <laughs> not in the stadium. Not in the stadium. Was it? Oh, right. Um, but. Uh, it, and Bruno it Mars was so boring. Bruno, I was. I mean, if you're a C- Seattle fan, not boring. Right. Actually, any blowout is boring. I've been on on. Believe it or not, even being a Cleveland sports fan, I've been on the winning side of a blowout and been like, yeah, it's a little yeah. boring. I, I I would say that it's it's exciting to see uh, your team or just a team execute something perfectly. Um, but there's no the drama's in the tension. Uh, sure, but you not could not in the perfection. It, well, it, if you if you appreciate the the beauty of a, like if you see a, a perfectly perform, performed ballet, that's great. You don't see the ballet. <laughs> you don't see the ballet hoping that somebody will fall. But and that's that, not that's a sports competition. I understood, but there's competitive those. ballet is. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God, we have the newest sport. Okay, Contact guys, ballet. Uh, we're tar- starting a Kickstarter. By the way, speaking of Indiegogo. I keep. I've sent a couple of emails to Steve. I've not heard back from he him. He tweeted something about it. Going yeah, live. but he he didn't post the. He just posted it without consulting us, and the 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 rewards weren't right. We're trying to renegade. Make, yeah. So and then he got mad at me for for asking him to take it down. So I'm still shocked that Steve would take the time to do an Indiegogo and, campaign yeah. for this show. Yeah. Because he just seems so checked out. Yeah. Uh, I think it's just kind of amazing that he would actually try I mean, to help. He doesn't even listen yeah. to the show. Right. Yeah. Well, do he doesn't you? even show up. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, Bruno Mars was the most watched television show of all time, or television 
What? Bruno Mars is a television show? Well, whatever. Halftime. Is he a halftime show? Yeah, the halftime show is the most watched show of all time. Which surprises me because I'm still like, I think I've heard of Bruno Mars. I couldn't. So you didn't watch the super the halftime show? No, I was coming back from uh, uh, the band I've been playing in had a gig at a winery up in Santa Inez, and I was Ooh. on the road coming back. So, oh, and I was checking in with the score, and it was so lopsided that I just didn't. I, I actually watched the Super Bowl because I enjoy sports. So, <laughs> oh sure, more sure. than commercials and no, concerts. But you, but you by also people work in I've the commercial world, and so you it's. Interesting to watch commercials. I also dislike working in the commercial world, so I've sort of started <laughs> checking out on it. Yeah. Then you, why are you doing it? Um, I've been asking myself that a lot, and one of the answers is I'm in the midst of a contract renegotiation that could land me $50,000. Nice! And part of it is I may walk away from commercials because it doesn't make me happy. And you have $50,000, so... Maybe. Who cares? We'll see. That's not exactly fuck you money. Uh, it is no, to me. Not. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it was. But money is the only reason I'm in commercials. It's sure. not creatively satisfying. I really dislike how actors are treated. Um, it's uh, it's a tease. You get on a roll and then it goes blank for years, and it just it's not fun. It's not. It, you're running all over town with a suitcase full of different clothes in your trunk for those last second. Be in Santa Monica in 20 minutes, dressed as a doctor, and you you jump through a billion hoops, and no one even says your name or lets you know when you're released from avails it sucks i don't like i don't yeah. like it right um well it's but it's the even, best money i've ever made in my life so sure. I, these and are even, the questions i'm asking myself like why even am I as even your paid acting gigs like that in that are in tv and film are not necessarily creatively satisfying either no. right they, they, so, they rarely are. well not rarely but yeah so it's it's hard to find i mean i i look at it as a means to an end that it allows you to pursue uh, other creative endeavors such as what we're doing right now or right. your band. It's all or, for this. Yes, you're welcome. <laughs> uh, interestingly, like there there was a point at which, um, let's see, it was somewhere like I think at the beginning of the third quarter or end of the second oh, quarter. Football. Football, where uh, porn traffic spiked in Colorado. And, oh, my God. Oh, wow. And then slightly after that, it spiked in in Washington. So, <laughs> so basically, like, like the then a lot of people pent up watching, frustration. Like, Fuck this! I'm gonna I'm gonna be in my man cave, jacking up. And, <laughs> and then the Seattle people are like, "Yay!" <laughs> Jesus, that's that's the should you having Seattle should you be having make. sex with each other when you win and sex by yourself? Not if you're watching the Super Bowl with twenty dudes. Oh, yeah. Well, it depends that's if you're if you're gay. You're, that's fine. Gay people don't watch football. That's true. There's no fags in football, Marty. <laughs> what is that from? It, I just made that's, it up. Oh, that's it's just ridiculous. that's from it's kind that's of a from, take on a league of their own. I yeah. think that's from your heart. Oh no, yeah. I just like alliteration. Uh, no, we know that Dan Etheridge has an excellent. Um, That's true. Yes. He's very good with the yeah. football. Yeah, he won, but oh, he doesn't watch it though. <laughs> uh, no, he was watching this weekend, um, and and he's also lost thirty pounds. Really, so, congratulations, ooh. Dan. Yeah. Oh, and I has to. You have to say, uh, Seattle is one of the cities uh, that is sort of thrown around like Cleveland of of good sports towns that haven't been able to experience that national level of success so mm. congratulations to seattle for finally taking wow. a championship i think it's been since the 70s with the supersonics oh, oh which makes me feel even less sorry for them because we haven't had anything since the 40s but that's cool um <laughs> honestly though happy happy for seattle for a small market team 
to to take home the big prize. Uh, and I hope they're celebrating safely. Uh, the, but it it was you should see the halftime show. Bruno Mars was awesome. It was. Uh, I heard an interesting take on it, and it's a little ridiculous for me to to be discussing something I haven't seen. No, you, um, we do that all the right. time on the show. <laughs> this is this is the. I'm basis just following the format. The but um, someone was discussing how well he studied James Brown and how great it was to see those kinds of moves again and that sort of physical celebration again and to be bringing back something that we all can get something out of. And it's great to see a student of, of one of the greats. Um, and then somebody else brought up, you know what the difference is? James Brown was coming from a place of anger. Mm. He was coming mm. from a place of power and frustration and anger. And don't you dare put me in a corner kind of thing. Whereas Bruno Mars is just sort of like, James Brown is fun. I'm having fun. It, it was a celebration. I'm Canadian. Uh, uh, I mean, it was truly a celebration. Right. And, and he's not Canadian. Uh, I, think, I think he is. No, he's like Hawaiian. Hawaiian? Oh, whatever. Not <laughs> one of us anyway. Also not an American <laughs> state. <laughs> like, <laughs> that would be like having a Hawaiian president. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> gosh. Uh, yeah. No, he... he he, it was great. I mean, it was perfect for the medium. Mm -hmm. Like, here's this non-threatening, like, short, like, right. guy who's dancing up a storm. Ethnically around. ambiguous. <laughs> yeah, and uh, and singing really well. So, I mean, he seemed to be singing, not lip-syncing. There's some dogs wrestling in the background. If you hear grunts, it's not Emily just trying <laughs> to get a word in edgewise. <laughs> but anyhow, it was a disappointing show. Uh, the ads, did you did you watch it? Anything? No. The, the ads were. I was helping a friend of mine study lines because I thought mm. it was more interesting. And was it? It wasn't. <laughs> yeah, it was. No, it oh. wasn't. Yeah, it was. It was million. No, no, it wasn't. Bill. Nerd. Do you have to take this outside? Nerd. Well, so anyhow, uh, we're we're going to try to get the Indiegogo thing so you can actually we'll get a webcam going so you can see them doing their will they or won't they little shenanigans. <laughs> <laughs> He's talking no, about the dogs. No, because can't look like rubbish. <laughs> Well, you don't look actually, like yes, rubbish. You look like a million dollars. I'm also wearing the heaviest mohair I know because it's freezing in it's here. It's freezing in here. I should have. It's so the big it makes you look like you've shrunk. I know. Well, <laughs> what doesn't? Yeah. I mean, seriously, this uh, cup makes me look like. I've did you? It's a big cup. Yeah. So Philip Seymour Hoffman was found on Sunday. So he was uh, having and it's 60 plus bags of heroin that's just a bit much i saw somebody post an article i didn't read it but the headline was uh scientologists missed the mark and place too many heroin baggies <laughs> oh, jesus <laughs> i don't cold. get that it's it's as if the 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 scientologists oh we're getting him, revenge for, for then, the master and then and then framed him by putting too many heroin well the he's the fact that that's actually possible is yeah. really upsetting yeah well he's been Long on the record for being an uh, an addict, but I think he was clean for almost twenty years, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah. Over not that that means you're yeah, done. But then but last year he went to rehab that's for right. heroin, and uh, and it's a huge tragedy. And sixty bags just seems like a, 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 a choice lot. to check out. Well, like doing heroin is one thing, drinking is one, but but supplying yourself with enough to kill a a horse. A, a chariot ride full of horses. He yeah. could have just, just gotten back like... from Costco and he might have been start storing up. I mean, yeah, we don't, I don't know how addicts work. If you're right? a rich addict and you don't want to deal with your dealer a lot, you might just right. want a big stock. But right. this, that's the question is, were they empty or? Oh, um, I think five were empty. Yeah, five, something like that. Five were empty. Yeah, and yeah there were, he might have been planning a trip. 60. I mean, we don't know all the details. It's still, you know, we don't even technically know if it was an overdose, but we can be pretty sure. It could have been a hot hit. What's that? when they cut it with something lethal. Right. Uh, right. 
And Why do you know that? You watch uh, a lot of CSI? Uh, no. Uh, uh, no, I read a lot of Irvine Welsh. <laughs> oh, right. That would do it. Yeah. So what do you think? I mean, and I think he's a fanta- he was a fantastic actor. One of my he favorites. He's one of the best, yeah. Now, what, I actually what about- was floored by um, Lebowski. The oh, yeah. subtleties of what he oh, did yeah, in Lebowski, which is such a small so what, role, and his his just the subtleties, his his like frustrated, stressed out laughter. I don't think I knew oh, who he God. was when I saw that. Like I don't think oh, it was a name. He's yeah, and or him in, in Boogie Nights, where he's the the frustrated. Like, I didn't see Boogie Nights. Nights. You've never seen Boogie Nights? Never it's very Boogie good. Nights. Did you ever see Happiness? Uh, yeah. Oh, he's so good in that. Yeah. Everybody. Was so, what do you think that. makes him so good that somebody who's not traditionally handsome, who's not traditionally uh, like actorly fit could get leading roles in things like flawless and uh, it took him a long time to get there well yeah, i mean i've been doing it we've been doing it a long time and we're nowhere near that yeah but he had a lot of major he had, he had a lot of supporting roles in very successful films for years yeah. before anyone because would consider he's so him. good right and so, he still had to audition in so, spite of his body, I remember reading an article with him. In spite of his body of work, playing a crossdresser, playing a homosexual, playing a stud, in spite of his body of work, still being asked to audition, he's like, "What have I not fucking done? What have I not fucking done that you need to see me audition for this?" Right. Mm. So, what do you think makes him so good? Then I don't know. I, I, I haven't studied him a lot. A lot of his background. I don't know what his training was or or his story. It's just it, you, It's pure honesty. Rawness. Mm-hmm. There's no. There's no artifice to his character. Or, I don't know what that means. <laughs> no, no, seriously. Like, what do you? What do you mean? Well, you. I, for example, and I apologize for fans of Lost Girl, but I watched two episodes of the Canadian sci-fi hit Lost Girl last night, and every single person was acting, mm. and most of them were acting very poorly, and it mm-hmm. felt like acting, and everything they said sounded like you could see the words on the page mm-hmm. as the as the writer wrote them mm-hmm. and everything philip seymour hoffman's character said sounded like being right felt like being there was no separation between the truth of the moment and what he was saying and how he was saying it and have uh, ha- do you feel that you've achieved that sense rarely of being? and do you yeah. on occasion but rarely and do you how do you do you how do you get there like when you've when you've done it personally for me when i've gotten there it usually has to do with knowing knowing my material well enough that i don't have to think about what i'm supposed to be saying and when i'm supposed to be saying it or how i'm supposed to be saying it and then focusing entirely on who i'm talking to in the scene who i'm dealing with if it's a two-person scene focusing entirely on the other person and what they're doing and what they're saying listening to what they're saying, watching how they're reacting, which is how you have a conversation in real life. Uh, not us in this podcast. We're all looking at our phones. and we're I'm just, trying to interact with say? the fans. Uh-huh. Um, well, in, I mean, in film, you people look each other in the eyes more than in real life. Fair enough. But for me, getting getting to that place has to do with not thinking about me, but thinking about the other person, focusing on the other person, watching the other person. Right. And Emily, have you been able to achieve that depth mm-hmm. of... Well, I, I, the thing about Philip Seymour Hoffman that I think kind of made him really exemplary is that he had such a wide range and understanding, array and understanding of modes of expression. Like, 
when like as human beings, we we kind of make patterns in our behavior that become comfortable to us and we don't know another way to do it. You know, like if we're angry, we have pretty much, you know, our own personal way of expressing punching the steering wheel until my hand hurts. Yep. <laughs> Is that do you do that? I do a lot. My hand hurts a lot. Does your hand hurt right now? Yes. Mm-hmm. So and but you know, he was able to express he had such specificity in expression that wasn't at all limited just to who Philip Seymour Hoffman was. Mm, well said. You know? Right. So it's like you would never really see, like, to the, I have no idea who Philip Seymour Hoffman is. Like, you can't get to know him by watching his movies. Like, you can't do a Philip Seymour Hoffman impression because he has no set mannerisms. Right. I mean, he has his voice. Like, you could ape the timber of his voice. But, but even that he was able to play with to, to a great right. extent. Right. But, you know, it's not like, you know, you can do a Robert De Niro impression. You can do a Jack Nicholson impression because they had the same modes of expression in every single film that they were in. Not to say mm-hmm. they're bad actors, but they pretty much relied on their own personal... It wasn't, they weren't chameleons. Right, right. Whereas Philip Seymour Hoffman, seem, it's, he seems like one of those people that if you knew him, he would understand what you were thinking in an instant because he was just so sensitive to the, the, the extraordinarily subtle ways in which we express ourselves right and, and how those add up to a character and then he could assume them you right know? That, like, right like i mean he said on on fresh air uh that you can listen fresh air that uh, how i'm terry gross so so how so i'm wondering so so like saying, like so here, like, i'm gonna turn off your mic sorry that's uh, my terry gross impression he was saying how he loved exploring characters and that mm-hmm. was like he was obsessed with it mm-hmm. and i think that is something and it's one thing to obsess about it and then it's another thing to embody it you know mm-hmm. and i think mm-hmm. that it's that perfect combination to get beyond the intellectual things. exercise and to actually physically and emotionally manifest it he used a phrase i really liked with capote which i thought was a fascinating film which sent me to the book which was an incredible read which gave me horrible nightmares but he said oh, it book. was um it was a matter of rewiring Mm. Like go, going going into the brain and rewiring it. Like he did, he was asked if he needed to be in character at all times on set, like, yeah. like some other actors. Right. And he said, "No, not necessarily. I just I knew I needed to take the time to rewire." That's so ins- that's so strange because you would think somebody like that. I mean, that's a huge discipline and fearlessness to do that mm-hmm. because you're basically saying I'm okay with not being myself in my own head, which is which is wildly and and. It's incredibly creative. It's creative, but it's also scary because it sort of imitates death a little bit. But ultimately freeing, be, don't you think? Oh, I think when you, when you say imitating death, death. Yeah, when you lose your identity, it's ah. akin to death. Um, but you would think that somebody who had that much discipline and that much fearlessness would be able to trump a heroin addiction. I think those are two. It's apples and oranges. I think a, a chemical addiction. I mean, it could be. Yeah, that's not it, fair of me to it say. It could be tied together. I mean, there there are these tortured artists who, mm-hmm. like, maybe he didn't have a strong sense of his own self. Right. He mm-hmm. sought it elsewhere, and he escaped it. the 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 absence. I mean, I'm totally speculating. Of but course, he escaped it by the heroin. By the heroin and the assuming to be other people. Exactly. And that's yeah. So it's I too mean, bad he's not alive to ask. <laughs> yeah, but but then you know it, it begs the question: there are all these geniuses who are. Like there, there are incredibly talented people who are high functioning. You know, there are people like Kevin, who's just his brain works on another level. But mm-hmm. you don't see him doing self destructive things. But then you get Kurt, the, your Kurt Cobain's of the world, mm-hmm. and your Philip Seymour Hoffman's, and it just it seems to be that torture, self torture, is is an art. Are very 
close and entwined with some is it well, yeah. self-destruction and self-torture aren't the same thing i mean i would imagine it feels pretty fucking good to be high on heroin not to, to not to encourage anyone to take heroin but is it really torture to go on some amazing trip that is so I think addictive? When you're that- sober, it is. When you're sober and you look at yourself in a shitty hotel room and you realize that your loved ones have been alienated and you're all alone. Right. And, I mean, and if you're your money is going to waste. And- yeah. If if you've gone, yeah, but this guy he sober, wasn't toothless if you're sober on the street. For tw- if you're sober for twenty years and you've got a loving family and you've and you know that it damaged you to a point where you had to go into rehab. To, you know that it's a damaging thing to your life. And to be Yeah, but addiction doesn't have to do with what you know. Like, the, no, no, it doesn't have anything to do with then, what you can intellectualize but you know and what you know. that there's a pain there. Like, you know that it equals pain or else you wouldn't have gone into rehab in the first place. I think that to be... In that moment, though. Imprisoned by you know addiction that. has that to be some pretty bad suffering. You know? To know that you're dependent on something, that you're that... You know, your will isn't your own when you're a, a, an addict. So if you're just tuning in, it's a disease. If you're just tuning in, you were a comedy yeah. podcast, and we do we have yucks and fun and laughs and yeah. We're and not afraid of straight talk. That's right. I am. I, that's why I changed the subject. <laughs> yeah. uh, which brings me to another hilarious part. Oh, by the way, I just want to say that um, that a bunch of people. Chimed in, Jeff and Darren uh, chimed in about Philip Seymour Hoffman in Mission Impossible Three, which is you know it. it's a popcorn movie where he did this amazing, delicious character where he just wanted to see more of him. You know, oh, yeah. he's cool. Um, also, he was in uh, Hunger Games. Yeah, I didn't popcorn watch movie, and he was uh, very good in it. And he did; he'll be in the next one too. That's right. Yeah, so he ra- he I believe he wrapped that, and then. Uh, Yako mentions he recommends owning Mahoney, which he uh, recommends in his own store for the past decade. And then uh, let's see, Tyson says that in Synecdoche, New York, <laughs> the, do- the dogs uh, the dogs have their own personal favorites. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and they're, that they're fighting um, over. Bruno's trying to hump McQueen. So. <laughs> <laughs> It's like, what are you gonna, what are you gonna air my dirty laundry for, Marty? Yeah, <laughs> people are listening. So, at least he won an Oscar before he died. Yeah, Bruno. You know, yeah, yeah Bruno. Um, yeah, but I realized cool. it's not for what I thought it was. I it wasn't for Capote. It was for doubt. Is that well, true? I'll be damned. I, I was sure I, let he let won me, for Capote. Let me double check that. Here, continue to say what he said about the Oscars. Where we? What? Go uh, go, uh, I'm pretty sure it was Capote. I'm about. 90% sure it was for Capote. But it is it is good that he for someone who isn't traditionally who who isn't who we would who we would traditionally elevate as as one of our great actors even though they're not. Um for someone who is so left of center to have been acknowledged in his lifetime for his work. Oh, he was yeah, nominated was, for that but he did win for Capote. You're I right, was thinking yeah. specifically of um Heath Ledger. And uh Right, but he was more traditionally But he didn't play he didn't play to that. No. He was, he was, but dead. I still, I still, he's no underdog. I see what you're saying. Like gorgeous, gorgeous, young Australian Australia, actor versus yeah. oddball character Funky, actor. Yeah. Normal looking guy. And Drew mentioned almost famous. Oh, classic. Which is great. God, also, classic. I remember him from School Ties. Is that what he in school? Uh, no, I think you're thinking of Son of a Woman. Oh, he's son of a woman. He yes. was in that. He was yes. brilliant. Yeah, he plays. He was the rat. Like the, the I had no uh, idea he was the one who he was. He was the school one who asshole. Was like, I, you know, it, it, I did. I didn't have my glasses, but I, I may have seen. And he, he rats out the guys, even though they agreed that they wouldn't. 
yeah. rat each other uh, out. And he's, he's he the, plays he's brilliant. just the evil, evil guy. And Rich he's, dick. He's, yeah. And he was great. great. Talented he's Mr. Great. Ripley, he was fantastic. I mean, oh, he's, yeah. he's, he's never sucked. That's well, true. I say that having seen three movies that he's been in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If you know a movie that Philip Seymour Hoffman has sucked in, right. please write in. And we'll <laughs> well, all feel be better. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, over the weekend also, there was a, a letter published in the, an open letter published in the New York Times from Dylan Farrow. I'm not sure if you know. Oh, I have, I have pointedly ignored all the news items about this. Well, so basically... Uh, she is the. Is this the Wolf of Wall Street open letter? No. no. Oh no. So, a lot of uh, open letters going around. These Woody days. Allen won um, the Lifetime Achievement Award oh, for the Golden Globe. Ignored this one too. And then mm-hmm. uh, Mia Farrow's daughter was uh, published this letter in the New York Times, just recounting all the details of her alleged of of, uh, the, of her rape. Yes, of her molestation by at the hand of Woody Allen mm-hmm. when she was at. Age seven. Ah, ah, God, this is why I don't look at these things. I just can't. Right. Oh, okay. And and then she condemns the actors who've worked with her, who work with him, and saying, like, you know, how would you feel if it was your daughter, Kate Blanchett, and what about your kids, Alec Baldwin? Um, mm-hmm. And then, which is kind of a, I don't know. Well, uh, if, it was, if it was Alec Baldwin's kids, he'd be leaving drunken, horrible well, he did that voice once, messages. That one public. But see, it, that brings up an interesting point. That came into light at a time when he and Kim Basing were having a, a very uh, a angry custody battle about over the children. You know, they don't like each other. Mm-hmm. Kim, oh, 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 we're talking about Alec Baldwin now. Alec Baldwin oh, okay. and, and Kim Basinger. Jesus. I was like, Woody Allen with Kim Basinger. And then, so somebody else published, and, and I don't know, I'm not, I, I'm not taking sides, but um, this alleged rape according to one um one interested party who posted a, an article online uh i could look it up but why bring in facts uh, <laughs> who said uh respect the format marty right exactly <laughs> who, who said that the the alleged rape took place when they were in the middle of their divorce um or the their their divorce proceedings mm-hmm. and that it would be the worst time for somebody to do that do that yeah and and also, you know, the thing is also, and then again, this is this is not the case here. But there have been many cases where children have been manipulated to to um, falsely fal- remember, fal- falsely remember, or to Oof. yeah, to testify Oof. against uh, um, a parent in divorce proceedings. Right. Not saying that this is the case at all, but it, it memory is incredibly malleable, especially with children. Uh, I truly believe that she is honest and it could well have happened because let's face it Woody Allen is a creepy guy yeah. uh, and but Mia Farrow is also a, a creepy I mean she's a weirdo she's uh, I, I'm sorry for I know she's a fan of the show but I'm just <laughs> um, you know she has this uh, all these she's collected a bunch of foster children or stepchildren or whatever she adopted a bunch of children mm-hmm. which is a great thing to do and she had the means to do it but you know she had a I, I don't want to get too deep into it but like the crazy thing like she's got this she and Woody Allen have this child together uh, Ronan Farrow who mm-hmm. has a show about to have a show on MSNBC have you seen him? Nepotism uh, no. no I mean he's actually he was on Bill Maher this weekend he's a very well spoken guy very good still he wouldn't be where he was if, if he wasn't, wasn't who he was yeah. uh, we don't know we do, uh, yeah we do no we don't yeah we do no that's Marty come on no I, throw a pair no <laughs> 
I'm not going to take that away from him. I mean, it's it's not easy to get your own TV show. It's it's a lot easier if you're Woody Allen and Mia Farrow. Here's the thing. Nepotism opens doors, but it doesn't hold them open. Yeah, but you're opening that, doors that, that slammed fucking closed for that doesn't, that doesn't. I don't think that counters what I said. You no, know, uh, I... The nepotism opened the door. The door wouldn't have been open if it wasn't for the nepotism. Okay, that's every... Think of all the jobs that you've gotten through networking. I mean, he's just... he's he, In all fairness, know, as much as I... granted networking anything, by birth. As much as I hate nepotism, I fucking hate it in the industry because it, it you know, it's, it keeps an elite group of people successful and keeps the rest of us in the dirt. Like carpenters and plumbers and mechanics i mean they all pass their business down to their son and teach their exactly. kids what they do it's just i'm not this saying is it's evil i'm just saying it's there yeah 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 i'm not attacking him for it i'm not taking away any of his skill sets for it i'm just saying i think he has a show because of whose son he is yeah uh, no i think i i disagree i think that he was he was put on shows as a as a pundit because of who he is, probably. But he, you can't... They're not going to give you a show based on that. No, but they, you will get a bevy of wonderful connections that want to help you. Sure, sure. But then you, you have to earn... At a certain point, you do have to earn it. And mm-hmm. I think that he's... Yeah, the Kardashians have totally earned it. <laughs> They've made money for many, many people. And people love the, to watch them. And but there was... N- who gave a shit who they were? They had a show before they were anybody they because of whose kids they were. I don't, see, I don't... It doesn't bother me. You can't. It's. It's. I'm not saying it's awful. No, I'm just saying you, it's not. I'm just saying it's true. You are We're just saying it frustrates it. us. Yes, yeah. <laughs> you're clearly bitter about it. I'm bitter about the Kardashians much more so than the, Would you the want, Woody Allen kids. But see, they put their. I wouldn't want to be a Kardashian. Yeah, exactly. They, I'm not bitter about want, the I would want to have the opportunities of a Kardashian. I just wouldn't do what they did with them. I'd like to have the money of the Kardashians. That's kind of what I meant by opportunities. Yeah. So. <laughs> I'll just be. I'll just All right. be Anyhow, blunt about the, it. <laughs> But the, so, um, if you look at Ronan Farrow, mm-hmm. he looks, his eyes are, I mean, he looks like if you crossed Mia Farrow and Frank Sinatra. And so, the, oh no. So, the big thing is like, is he beautiful? That sounds he's beautiful. He's a very handsome fellow. And uh, he's got these piercing blue eyes, zero Woody Allen. There's no Jew in that boy. Right. And <laughs> no neurotic Jewisms. So and it's very and of course that's the big rumor and I you know, he could well be uh Woody Allen's son, bio- biological son, but um he so if only there was some way to find out. Yeah. <laughs> no, but he's he's been on record saying we could all be Frank Sinatra's kids. <laughs> right. It's like is, Genghis Khan. At this rate. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Which is a, 50% I think of a great, America a classy is answer kid. and at, you know I'm Aren't sure, we all the sons of Adam? I'm yeah. sure he knows what he's, you know, who his father is. From whence but he was just, wrought. It's nobody's business but his, you know, right. whatever. It's but just so he, interesting. So Alec Baldwin and Kate Blanchett, they both released statements or, or tweeted things saying that um, when they were criticized by um, Dylan Farrow mm-hmm. for being in his movies, they said, like, it's a tragedy that this is happening Mm-hmm. And for us to take a stand one way or the other is it's none of our business to to be involved in a family dispute. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. and at the end of the day, we don't know what happened. Right. So the question is, would you be in a Woody Allen movie? I really struggle with that. Like the whole Roman Polanski thing just... Well, that's there's no dispute there. Right. But But because there was no dispute, it was like, it was almost... Ah, 
You know, it, it's just, it's, I don't have an answer for it. That's what I'm trying to get to. Because I don't think there is a, a right answer. Like, if they did it, they should be in jail. And it shouldn't be a question of whether or not we do their movies. But, you know, Roman Polanski ran away and and Woody Allen's is unresolved. So I don't, I don't have an answer for it. And I've thought about it. It's, I can only think about it for very short periods of time. Before you're Before brain. I just can't bear thinking about it anymore and ask myself why I'm thinking about horrible things when I don't have to. Um, Bill? It's tough. Um, I'm still a little aggravated that uh, she's criticizing people for having been in films when this is coming to light now. Like, how the fuck were they supposed to know? Right. Um, oh, no, no. They've been in films since, I mean, the alleged rape that was, or molestation that was, the, you know, accused uh, Mia Farrow that was in the press a while ago. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. I only heard it in the press uh, recently. Yeah, me too. Um, it's tough because I'm I'm answering that question from two different places, and one of them is a terrible place. The actor place. The career place. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, to get an opportunity to be in a Woody Allen film would be extraordinary. And I'm I'm not the biggest Woody Allen fan. I there are films I've enjoyed. There are films where I thought this is tripe. Um, and you've got to be kidding me. I've seen all of these cliches a million times. Mm-hmm. And not even in your movies. Like, at least rip yourself off. <laughs> um, I've I've never been one of those actors who gave a shit about acting. I've also never been one of those actors who's like, oh, God, I just want to be in a Woody Allen movie. You know? Right. Um, it would be a different question if you were a very successful actor and you didn't need a Woody Allen movie right. to the, 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 my, That's well, why I'm, I'm ashamed you and not Alec I'm ashamed Baldwin. that yeah. I'm ashamed that one of the first things I thought of was how great it would be for my career to be in a Woody Allen. I'm ashamed of that. No, but it's no. the reality of my of my position in my career. It's but no, there's no shame in wanting your career to succeed. I know, but when we're when we're discussing it through the prism of of a rape or an alleged rape, like. Shouldn't I be thinking a lot more about this rape victim about than her, my own yeah. fucking acting career? Like, come on. But I don't know how it helps her to, for us to not be in a movie, you know? Like, <laughs> well, I think it just feeds the machine of Woody Allen is great and everything's okay. Or that, that or that men can, or somebody get, can rape somebody can, else and get, away, and with get away with it because right. they're rich and famous. Right. right. I, I mean, I think. We I mean, would what, what if what if Phil Spector was like, "Hey, I want to produce your band's next single." I'd be like, yeah, "Oh, I would get to work with Phil Spector." Oh my God, he shoots women. Well, yeah, and he's in prison for that. Yeah, but rappers do cuts from prison. We'd work it out. <laughs> the I, I, I struggle with that in terms of you know what I want to do a Walmart commercial or a tobacco commercial, and mm. then I realize well that's a little different because. Somebody's going to take that part no matter what. And yeah, you're not same really... thing with the Woody Allen film, though. What? Same thing with the Woody right, Allen film. Right, right. Oh, well, at our level, at least. Yeah, production's not going to pull the plug because you know Marty, the day players. Emily, and <laughs> I would Bill do... were like, I'm not saying that one line in that Woody Allen yeah. film. I would only do the one of the comedies. And they would have... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Is that so... Is that wrong? Is that uh, weird of me? Uh, it's a very tough question. Do you, do you, do you have an answer? Do you I know where it. you would stand? I, I would do it. I would... I'm, my feeling is of that of of those other actors who said things like it's a horrible situation and i feel bad for uh for dylan farrow because clearly she's been traumatized and and she's um and i think she's being truthful i don't know if those reflect the facts um but 
Yeah. And so I would do it. I would, I wouldn't have an, with, as far as Roman Polanski, that's, you see, that's a, that's a different thing. I also happen to think he's one of the greatest directors of all time. Mm. And, uh, so Chinatown is such a good movie. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, even his later works are great. Uh, the pianist is a fantastic movie. Mm -hmm. And, uh, so what he, and what he did was so, I didn't love the one with Harrison Ford frantic yeah so it is a little bit disgusting that everybody knows about this terrible behavior and nobody shuns him like back in, in hollywood back in the day like you could ruin somebody by saying like wasn't it fatty arbuckle was just mm -hmm. ruined destroyed because but of allegations allegations of, just mm -hmm. allegations just allegations he was and destroyed. they were not true yeah and he was destroyed he mm -hmm. could by the way, he was a silent film star uh, he was like the one of the greatest. biggest movie star of his time and there was a, a an alleged uh, incident where he, uh, I forget, Virginia something, in San Francisco, he supposedly molested her badly. Like pushed her down the stairs or something. No, it was worse than that. Was, I think there was, it involved a bottle. Well, we, we don't oh, need okay. to get into the details. Yeah. but uh, And it turned out not to be true. So. And if you're at all interested, it's, it's speculative fiction, but there's a great novel called I, Fatty which is um, written in the voice of Fatty Arbuckle. Mm -hmm. uh, and it goes through his whole life, it, all the way up to his um, heroin addiction at the end of his life. But back in the Genius day... heroin. Yeah. <laughs> they, they, he, was, he, was, he was ruined. And I think yeah. it's a little bit disgusting that we didn't ruin Roman Polanski. Like, he should be... Like, what, like what he did... Fatty he got was, ruined for something that didn't okay, so even for happen. For those who don't know, he, there was a 13-year-old girl... Who he raped he, a thirteen-year-old girl. He he was taking pictures of, and he gave her quaaludes, and then uh, raped her. Which, if he was in prison, he would be under threat of his life. You and, know, and it's like so he was released on bail, and then he left the country, mm -hmm. uh, and so he lives in France, and he's barred from or he's not barred. They they want him to come back. They want to extradite him, but he's staying in France, and so that. It's um, if you see movies where there are parts that take place in the U.S., either they're uh, movies of his, either they are shot uh, a second there, unit, <laughs> or they're shot through the second unit. But um, yeah, it, it. I do want him to have justice. His his victim has come out and forgave forgiven him and wants him <sighs> to not. I haven't. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I, I do believe that we we should suffer for our sins, you know, yeah. or we should pay for we not suffer, but we should like justice should be served. Uh, Just that no, everybody sort of made the excuse of well, yeah, but he's such a great filmmaker. It was kind of that's not an excuse. That's revolting. Yeah. Yeah. Shh. <laughs> this is my favorite part of, of the new era <laughs> the new podcast is the disciplining of dogs <laughs> um hey will you look at the time ladies and gentlemen it's the top of the hour you're listening to smart ghost morning show on the smartcast internet radio networks sound effect <laughs> there it is yeah uh i got a soundboard program hey <laughs> that didn't crash on me did you hear the loud click before the <laughs> so do you have something there on your uh on your list of stuff to talk about that isn't fucking grim <laughs> okay let's talk about bill his he mentioned earlier on that he's he's foregoing science-based medicine in uh for holistic medicine i didn't really? quite put it that way <laughs> you Did you said, no you said scientist? i'm giving up pharmaceuticals because no, i didn't say you i'm did, giving up you did i said that. pharmaceuticals are bullshit 
Well, that's that's different. Okay, that is a, a huge statement, and we have to address that because that. Um, what are you basing that on? Um, I just. Uh... I don't know. I wasn't expecting to be put on the spot. Oh, when I said um, we'll get into that later, what did you expect? You to forget because we never get any of the stuff that we <laughs> want to talk about. Um, I don't know. Where I mean, this, I haven't. I haven't. Where, have, I where have, did this come from? It didn't come from any one inciting incident. What I haven't. Pharmaceuticals been, are failing. Yet? I haven't been prescribed. If you want me to talk about it, let me fucking talk. <laughs> I haven't please, been. Please come on, use your words. <laughs> I haven't been prescribed I, anything in years. Uh, I, about this time last year, I injured my back and I was given muscle relaxers, which I, I found very handy. Um, and that's it. I haven't been, I, I, you know, I've been doing physical therapy for my knee and, and I didn't get anything prescribed for that. I don't have okay. any pain pills. It's not a reaction to something that I was given. It's just... Um, I don't know. It could be it. It. I've been. I. I mean, it, there's no story. Like there, there's nothing to uncover. I just don't. I. I think. I think in many ways the pharmaceutical industry um, treats symptoms and not um, root causes. Mm -hmm. And I don't think that's a way to to approach an illness or a disease that or is an injury. A sweeping generalization. Yeah. That's so, what we do on this show. No, no, that's what you do on the show. But well, take, and I'm take, just filling my role. Take what, for instance uh, antibiotics. What do what do antibiotics do? They don't address symptoms; they address the actual infection. Okay, look, I said there was no inciting incident, and I'm not like no, putting no, okay. my foot down or anything. I don't, I don't know why you're giving well, me such a hard time. Because you said pharmaceuticals are bullshit. I think I I think I think there in a lot of cases there are much healthier ways to heal yourself. I think uh, okay. so, um, I think there are a lot said, of alternative treatments that are less destructive. Okay, I'm are, not a big fan of the pharmaceutical what, industry. What is an you said I'm, I'm embracing holistic treatments. What what sort of holistic treatments? Well, I, Marty, I was kind of being uh, silly. Uh, but I wasn't no, expecting to be held to task on just being I'm, silly. I'm just curious. Well, I I mean I've I've been. I, there's no inciting incident. I don't have a story. There's nothing to uncover here. I don't. Have you I don't ever done what, holistic medicine? I don't even know what the fuck it is. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But see, that's a. It's a huge. Uh, I don't. I had. I had trouble with sleep. I did not want prescription drugs for sleeping. Uh, when I've had colds, I've I've preferred neti pots and teas to uh, acetaminophen, acetaminophen, which tears the, the whole my stomach lining. Uh, there's just small, subtle way. I, I've, I've made some shifts in my diet so that I don't get sick as often. I'm not eating as much sugar. Okay. Uh, these just simple changes that aren't like that aren't a pharmaceutical fix right. that have made okay. me that have made me feel better and that that but don't put a lot of gunk in my system. That is, there are, are people who s talk about alternative medicine, and that is totally like pharmaceuticals are one part of the medical practice. You know, the medical mm -hmm. practice includes uh, physical therapy and, and cha diet changes and, and all these different uh, treatment methods. And it's not just, and to, so when people talk about I'm doing, uh, I'm doing alternative medicine, I'm, I'm changing my diet. That's not, if it's based on evidence and it's based on science, that's, that's what a doctor would say to you. You should change your that's diet. That's what some doctors would say to you. Uh, that's what a good doctor would say to you. There aren't a lot of there are there are bad doctors out there who are quicker sure. to prescribe because it well but, it's easier but, and it makes them more but money. Then there's the case of like things like homeopathy or herbal remedies that aren't necessarily based in science. And if you're doing you're prescribing that sort of stuff, 
you're and you're doing that without any evidence to back it up, you could be hurting yourself. So who I'm, has been hurt by herbs? Okay, here's a great case. Okay, there's a a, a child in uh, in Australia mm-hmm. who had psoriasis, and his parents wanted to uh, cure him homeopathically, mm-hmm. and they refused to take. The, the kid to a doctor where he could get simple antibiotics and, and treat it. Mm-hmm. Kid died from infection because the from psoriasis, a completely treatable disease. He was not hurt by the herbs. He was hurt by the lack of, of antibiotics. But the herbs didn't kill him. The psoriasis killed him. It was his parents' uh, foolishness that killed him, not the right. herbs. But see, that's the thing. If if, if you're I think using God killed him. If you're if you're <laughs> using a treatment. That look at Steve Jobs. He in his later life, he uh, he said that he wished that he had not taken the holistic or, or an alternative medicine approach uh, to his cancer, and had he been aggressive with traditional, uh, you know, modern medicine. There are plenty of people who he, did he would were aggressive longer. with traditional. But modern he doesn't medicine know that. Regretted that? No, he doesn't. But he re- yeah. he regretted that he didn't take that action. So when you do something that's unproven, that has mm-hmm. no scientific basis. For mm-hmm. something that's life-threatening, it's a huge risk, and mm-hmm. and but it has. I wasn't worked. talking about life-threatening in certain situations. <laughs> no, no, no. When <laughs> I mean, I don't think we know health as well as we like to think we do. I think no, that's absolutely part of it. not. Absolutely. I not. also think that it's foolish to not join the two together. Like, why would you? Why? Why do we have to pick between the two of them? Like, oh, right no, there, now, there's no, there's no two things. Like, okay, go ahead. But like right now, I'm taking, I'm, I, you know, I'm seeing a couple. Uh, I guess you'd call them holistic people to like just take care of. To do preventative medicine, you know, sure, absolutely, and to like get the herbs and the supplements that I need specific to me, and you know that doing the, the 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 diet change thing and the not eating things that make you sick, like all that's brilliant. So, like, I do believe in holistic or homeopathic medicine because I also believe well, that you know, you're you're there's psychosomatic symptoms, and sometimes just feeling like you're making yourself well will make yourself well. But if I came down with cancer or something tomorrow, I or if I got an infection, I'm not going to you know. I'm gonna go get some freaking antibiotics. Uh, the The problem is there there just is no clinical evidence that shows that homeopathy works. I'm not terribly concerned with that because, like I said about, um, like, I'm. I think it's so weird that people discredit the placebo effect. Like, you'll do these these studies, you'll do these giant scientific studies, and you'll be like, okay, well, this group got better because they're thinking they will. Well, that disproves everything, and it's like, but. You, the no, placebo but the, the, is the fucking the, most the, important, the, one of the most important health discoveries we've but, ever but the prob- found. The problem, and everybody disregards it no, because they're no, like, no, no, oh, no, well, no. It, the, the pill didn't but do what we the, wanted the, it to. No, the problem is that the homeopath is saying it's the energy that's in their their elixirs that are these tinctures that are curing you, not the... the uh, not the placebo effect. That's where the problem is. But if they said it's placebo effect, it wouldn't work. If they, and, I mean, if there's a beautiful no, story but, behind but you it, you'll believe it. But you can do uh, tr- treatments that have been proven to work, and the, the effects get improved by the placebo effect. Yes. Okay. I there agree. We go. But like, I think, I, I also, I just don't think that 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 we know as much about medicine as we like. No, to absolutely not. We but do. That's why we we study it, and homeopaths. And like for things for like sustaining health when you don't need to be taking like monstrous detrimental chemicals, not detrimental, but you know, chemicals. I I, totally agree. I totally agree. And sometimes it's good to just have a little bit of of, a bump from your own system. 
Sure. But I, I think you have to go with what the science says. And the science often says that chemicals are bad, you know, or that very expensive, you know, high tech medications don't work. And then you don't use them, you know, and mm-hmm. that's the, the thing is that we have to follow. It's a constant, it's a constant learning process. Mm-hmm. And that's what good science is. Um, comedy podcast we do here every week, <laughs> yeah, every Tuesday. Look at this tank, tanking on everything. All right, Let's, um, there's got to be something funny. There's got to be something funny out there. Yeah, uh, but see, Tyson says yay medicine and uh, posted a picture on that um, <laughs> for maximum strength placebo. Nice. Uh, got to get me some of that. And then Darren says that uh, homeopathy is water, and that's actually that's actually true. And who doesn't need more of that? I'll ask you. We're ninety percent water. I need more water. Look at how chapped my lips are. <laughs> <laughs> Instead, I'm drinking curiously strong coffee, and it's going to take effect any moment now. And then you know it's going to happen. Ah. Zoom! <laughs> All right, here's something that's ridiculous. Are you guys? I wish Steve were here to talk about Guy Fieri. Do you know who he is? Mm-mm. He's a celebrity, celebrity chef. chef of some description. Yeah, Yum. who has like bleached tips and drives a Lamborghini that was recently How adorably stolen. 90s. Yeah. Oh my God. He's he he's like this. He lives in the middle of California. He's just a giant tool. He's he's <laughs> been on. Uh, people have worked with him. Have accused him of being homophobic. What what show is he on? Uh, diners, dumps, and drive-ins. Diners, something like that. Diners, drive-ins, dumps. Yeah, that's what that's what I call it. Um, he actually went to one of the restaurants like two blocks from here. Um, so he's releasing a coffee line. So he, he, if you look at his menu, he's got like it's all like you know donkey sauce and oh, you mean mayonnaise and ketchup? No, it's donkey sauce. It's got a kick, you know, and it's oh, just like God. So he's releasing a line of coffee, including bananas, Foster coffee. Caramel apple, chocolate mint. The rich, creamy taste of chocolate and the cool, fresh mint is perfect for any time of year. <laughs> uh, In your face. In your face. <laughs> hazelnut cinnamon roll. Toasted hazelnut and big cinnamon flavors. Make this brewed dessert in a mug. Hot fudge brownie. Uh. Oh, yeah. <laughs> my chocolate on chocolate hot fudge brownie coffee comes to you straight from Flavortown. Oh, my God. Lord. And you just want to just sh- just punch him, punch in, the him in the mouth. Face. Oh, shut Throw the your fuck keys up. at his teeth. <laughs> like, the, here's the thing. I'm a guy. I'm a purist. I think coffee is only as good as the coffee is. You can the doctor beans. it up. Yeah, you can doctor it up all you want. You can put your your pumpkin chai in it, but mm-hmm. it's if the coffee's shit, you're just drinking shit. Yeah, that's been sweetened and hidden by whatever. Mm-hmm. And it just it just. That's what I hate about. Th- See, I wish Steve were here to talk about food because you. He's the only one who understands you, you d- in yeah. this lonely, lonely yeah. world. I don't put milk or sugar in my coffee. I go to Handsome Roasters where they don't even offer any sweeteners or, sh- or milk. You're not allowed. Oh, downtown, that place downtown. Yeah. yeah. I'm too uh, what, now, what do you think what? about that? Is that is that bad or? I think it's incredibly obnoxious, but I don't care because I don't need it. Right. <laughs> I don't need sugar, so it doesn't bother me that they it's don't have any. Do people yes. bring their own sugar in? Great question. I haven't hung out there enough to see that. I have seen the looks on people's faces when they've asked for sugar and be told, been told no. Um, and, no. And they definitely, you know, they're definitely coming from a Starbucks place where they're like, uh, "What? Yeah. Like, no, we actually believe that our coffee is best tasted as brewed. Like right. we, we we brew it intentionally. Super we've chosen, but I'm totally that. We've with chosen it. this flavor deliberately, and and we think you're so going to like it. One ex- end of the extreme. The other is just like Starbucks. you know, yeah, or or just. Uh, and, and and an approach to 
like a culinary aesthetic of like, yeah, we've got, you know, this thing has got treble oil and bacon and sriracha all in a big <laughs> egg roll that's, uh, you know. Oh, God, that sounds amazing. Sold. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> Just because you put bacon and sriracha in something doesn't make it better inherently. Uh, oh. huh. Yeah. You know what? It, if mm. It's like. I, I do really like, like those two things. Sure. I, but I really like the truffle. That's what got okay, me. Okay. But you, you're. You, if it's like just on a Subway sandwich, you're kind of polishing a turd. Or anything on a Subway sandwich is disgusting. Well, you're mm-hmm. polishing a turd, kind of. You're just mm-hmm. like... The smell of Subway is disgusting. Yeah, I've gotten so, there, too. Oh, really? The, oh, it is a really distinctive smell. It's uh-huh. awful. Mm-hmm. It's awful. And it's mm-hmm. like a, a good half a block. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you just can't shake it. Could you imagine working there and coming home and having no, that stink no, on you? No, I can't. No. But, but I would gladly I do a commercial. By the way, this this episode brought to you by <laughs> Subway you by Sandwiches. Subway. Go for you your can new smell them a block and a yes, half away. <laughs> the new enchilada crunch sandwich. With bacon and sriracha. With corn chips on it, actually. Um so Lay's is having its new contest now for they the past two years, I think they've done, um, where they have they solicit f- uh, fans for new flavors. So they'll nominate three that gets, uh, and then bacon and sriracha, truffle. Uh, no, that last year it was sriracha, uh, cheesy garlic bread, and chicken and waffles. So they they mm. release those out, and then the, one of them becomes a permanent flavor. And that person who submitted that flavor gets a million dollars. That's going to be hard because wow. imagine how many people are going to submit the same flavor. You know? Right. Probably hundreds of thousands. You're going to get hundreds and thousands of truffle submissions. I'm doing bacon truffle oil sriracha. So. Uh, you should. You're going to Jimmy, win. want a chip? It's straight from Flavortown. Ow! <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I like a good... I, I like a flavored chip, but uh, yeah, I don't want, I don't want chicken and waffles. That's... I just uh, I don't unless I, I question like how they how they get those flavors. I mean, it's usually with chemicals and not with actual chickens and actual waffles. Here we go again. <laughs> well, these chemicals are derived from waffles. They have a, a waffle extractor where they they just shovel in lovely golden toasted crispy waffles, and out comes this fine little powder. You know they. You know, I just don't think that's how it works. I'd like no, I, have you seen it? Have you seen ladies. Willy Wonka? That's exactly how it works. <laughs> Uh, I what would, would you do for your flavor? I haven't eaten chips in years. Why? Um, I I just I'm trying to make small choices to eat healthier. Uh, I have a weak immune system. I spent a lot of time in a hospital. I don't want to spend any more. What do you, What is your favorite staple of healthy eating? Uh, medium rare steak. Yeah. <laughs> what cut? Um. I am not particular. All right. I've turned to bloody. Like yeah. at restaurants, it's like if it's a good restaurant. Black and blue? Have you done black and blue? Uh-uh. I, I mean, I haven't good. really been to many. Here's the honest truth since mm-hmm. I've made this decision. Always bloody. Like yeah. So there you go. That's your that's your chip. Bloody steak. Bloody steak. <laughs> right. Yeah. Black and blue steak. Chip. Uh, there you go. Emily? Placebo flavored. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my God, my cancer is dripping (laughs) off of me. This tastes like exactly what I need. (laughs) This tastes like all my hopes and dreams. And I think I can accomplish them. Um, Yeah, I I didn't mean to ambush you, but it it does make me bristle when I hear these blanket statements of pharmaceuticals are bullshit. I just don't, I don't trust pharmaceutical companies. I don't think every... 
illness needs to be solved with a prescription. I don't. Think I think there are a lot of negative. I think there are a lot of side no. effects. And at, um, at for, the same time, there are these homeopathy companies that are are selling yeah. water, and they don't have right. to go through the same trials and invest the same amount of money and show the same evidence mm -hmm. that. I mean, the bar is. I don't shop high. at homeopathy companies. I just try to make healthier choices, right. and and I've noticed that I ha I suffer side effects of of pharmaceuticals and sometimes I didn't need to have taken them. In sure, truth, you I probably totally shouldn't be drinking this coffee. <laughs> if those are the I, that, was a, that was a conscious choice. This fine. <laughs> that was a conscious choice I made like like Philip Seymour Hoffman consciously choosing to buy 65 <laughs> bags of heroin. I, I mean, said, you know what? I'm not going to fight my coffee addiction. And I have to say I'm that let Bill, myself have it. Bill is a very healthy liver. Uh, you know, and his liver might not be healthy, but he's <laughs> he's he lives healthily. Trying to, but all this is new to me. This is honestly a lot of these choices. Oh, uh, I mean, I think exercising you, more, yoga, uh, some diet choices. All of these are within the last couple of years, and those mm -hmm. have all been shown to be beneficial. Helpful. You know that like it's evidence based. But uh, I I just love it when like I have a friend who's big into yoga. And he's a heavy smoker. And he's just like, you know, he's talking about like getting toxins from his system. And I'm like, you're smoking. Right. What are you talking <laughs> about? Yeah, you're not doing enough yoga to yeah, get rid and, of the and toxins Yeah, and he's doing a cleanse. Enough. You're doing a cleanse. Well, how about you stopping smoking? Right. You know? Oh, no, these are American no, spirits. Nothing's going to clean you out quicker. Than or it's balance. You know, he's balanced. He's yeah. got a, a really nasty habit and some and, really good habits. And that's the thing. We do our, we all incredibly hypocritic choose your poison critical in how yes and as, your as, as long as we embrace that you know like, uh, there was a stretch uh maybe three four years ago when i was trying when i was fighting coffee and i was like mm -hmm. I, I moved down to decaf that wasn't working because i enjoyed the ritual and the smell mm -hmm. so i moved so i was doing half decaf half regular which was a fucking pain in the ass yep um and then I finally said, you know what? I'm this one. I'm not going to fight. I do a lot of things right. I make a lot of healthy choices, and I'm making healthier ones every day. And coffee's um, not. I don't. I don't need heroin. to have. I don't need to have nothing in my life. Right. Are you, you still know? smoking pot to go to sleep? Uh, not nearly as often. Yeah. Um, but I don't. I don't hide from that. Right. Uh, but that, that's one of the things. Like I, I knew I could have gone to a, a more traditional doctor and gotten some sort of sleeping pill i didn't want to i didn't want it in my system i didn't want to take any chance of getting dependent dependent or, sure. or just having having a weird interaction with that and something else. i you know and it, where it's just much simpler for me when i'm when i am suffering insomnia uh take a blast in a pipe and i'm i'm asleep five minutes later <laughs> that's awesome you know and yeah. I, they look they're they're, they're they're, you know, vaporizers are healthier than mm -hmm. pipes. Uh, uh, ingestion is healthier than... Yeah, okay, ingestion great. Ingestion is healthier? I'm not trying to... Well, there's, it's not it's bad for your lungs. Your lungs yeah. Yeah. Right, right. That's a, I'm not trying to win any awards. I'm no, just, no, no, no. I'm just trying to... Well, I mean, we have one for you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, did I spoil it? Oh. All right, here it is. <laughs> and, I, and I also think it's very individual. Like, I, I think... Like we've said, it's a balance, and I also think it's very individual. Like some bodies react, everyone's bodies reacts reacts differently to different things, whether it's exercise, whatever you're putting in your body in terms of pills or, or food. Um, it's very individual, and, and this is the first time in my life that I've actually sought some sort of balance versus mm -hmm. just assuming you go to the doctor and whatever they write, you put in your body. Now, are you just doing it in a way that like, I think I should do this, or are you researching the the, the things? That uh, you do? Honestly, full disclosure, it has a lot to do with um, the people I'm spending my time with now. Um, I knew it, including a, a PhD in health and wellness. 
who's an occupational therapist. And, you know, we went grocery shopping and everything that I bought, she pointed out all these things that were in it that I didn't need, that I didn't know were in. I thought I was making healthier choices because it's a green box that says it's organic or get or granola, mm-hmm. but it's got like 30 grams of sugar per serving, which I don't need. Right. You I know, know I and think, I didn't know that. But that that is, yeah. And that's something that's definitely, it's, the label of organic or, right. you know, is just... And the package. And this is all tra- like Trader Joe's organic sure. apple granola. It's like, oh, great. I'm making a help. I'm not shopping at Ralph's. I'm not buying Rice Krispies or, or, mm-hmm. or Frosted Flakes or whatever the fuck. And I thought I was making these healthier choices. And like across the boards, 80% of what I'd bought had shit I didn't need. And there was a much healthier choice yeah. um, that where I didn't miss hmm. what I didn't have in 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 the choice that I had made, and and that that's just sort of cracked my mind open a little bit this year, because I didn't know. I thought I was I thought I was making the better, and it kind of pissed me off because I thought yeah, I thought I was swindled. making the better choice, and I felt completely swindled. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. Yeah, um, and that's one nice thing about regulation is that we we have, you know, people who sell food have to put on that little RDA thing. Mm. And we can look at it and make an informed choice. And they're actually redoing it. Um, they're in the in the middle of revamping it to make it even more readable. Really? Yeah. Good. Like they shouldn't like. It's a little exhausting trying to shop healthy. <laughs> well, you know, one thing I found out was that We're I love that. Never. Well, never mind. Then <laughs> is that like. You know, you, you know how to like look for MSG, like don't eat MSG. I know that's a thing that some people don't believe in, but it's like if you're trying to avoid MSG, you really have to read the packages because it has so many different names, you know? Right. And they so they figured out that people don't want to look for MSG, so they called it by something else. And it, you have to look for like five insidious. things but, to get to get around MSG. But yeah. you realize MSG is it, it's something that's in like tons of food naturally, like cheese, tomatoes. And, and it just it's well i know i know this, that there's a i'm just trying to make a point that you know if there's something that people are avoiding then that they find ways of, of bobbing right. and weaving right. making you it's a chess it. game out yeah, there they, it's they a call chess it like game. you know uh, hydrolyzed protein extract i think is what yeah, Ooh, yeah. protein yeah. that's good for you yeah. i mean and, and in fact you know monosodium glutamate in its purest form is not at all harmful it's naturally occurring it's and there have been no uh, no lab effect no science no science that has said that that this it also tastes amazing yeah and it makes things taste (laughs) amazing it makes my jaw sore um oh really yeah my jaw goes kind of i think what happens is we just i think when like we just end up eating a lot more sodium and because monosodium it's not as salty as as salt and but we end up just ingesting a lot of salt and i think we just dehydrate ourselves but, this um, is the time I would normally be. We're gonna dip up. into That's the mail sack. Mail oh. sack, mail sack. I wanna get my hands that mail sack. Yeah, that was great. You're sure that's not you at the end? That is me. Oh yeah, that was great. That is you. Yeah. Who do you think it was? I thought that I always thought it was you, and then it turned out it wasn't. Oh. Yeah, it's my evil twin. Learning something new every day. Merton you uh the first one's from chris brown in saskatchewan good morning merps since you did ask me a direct question in the last episode i feel obliged to answer i'm uh, the play i'm in is you can't take it with you by hart and moss i was in that that? play i was um no i was in lou marini and up the down staircase ambrose kemper and the matchmaker and (sighs) who's the young male lead and you can't take it with you (gasps) typical Who, who has all I'll bet he was white too, Mr. Vandergelder. I mean, it is. A, it takes place in Norway. Is that when? 
or mm. some, well, whoever that. Anyway, I was the lead in the play. I don't remember the guy's fucking name. Oh, have you d- done I've it? I've never done that one. No. Oh. Um, it's being staged by the Scared Scriptless Theater Group in Warman, Saskatchewan. March 21 to 23, wine and cheese with the Friday and Saturday shows nice. and dessert matinee on Sunday. Well, wow. I guess I know what I'm doing. Yeah. Are you going to go for dessert or wine and cheese? Oh, wine and cheese. Well, yeah. I like sugar, though. For all ticket info, et cetera, check the poster I posted on to Twitter. I will be playing Ed Carmichael. Is that it? No. Right. <laughs> um, it doesn't sound familiar. I learned of the audition for this play uh, an hour before I was there. I was intending to see Out of Africa at, at a theater with my aunt when she suggested to, we go to the audition instead. Wow. To be fair, it was a community theater group and a play with nine male roles and five female. So th- the fact that six guys showed up <laughs> made it easier to get a role. <laughs> but you take what you get. Uh, do you guys have any interesting stories of surprise slash sudden acting gigs? Cheers, Chris and Saskatoon. Uh, my yeah. whole career. Yeah. <laughs> I was home over Christmas and my friend's father was says, ah, you're living the dream. I was like, I never dreamed about any of this. <laughs> Who's dreaming this? <laughs> yeah. I never, I didn't even come out to LA to be an actor. Um, yeah, every actor I think has that story. I The last play I was in, I woke up, I never wake up early as you can tell. And for some reason I woke up at seven and there was a text on my phone with uh, one of my dear actor friends saying, oh my God, get yourself to the Courage Theater at this address in like, 30 minutes or something like that. It wasn't 30 minutes. I wouldn't have made it, but it was like in two hours. And I was, and my typical response is like, oh, I'm going to I'm going to really. For whatever reason, I got up and I went and I, I had to do some cold read Shakespeare of a play, a Shakespearean play I'd never even read before. And I booked it. Nice. Yeah. Uh, I was a PA on season three of Curb Your Enthusiasm and Larry David walked up to me and said, you want to be in this one? Whoa. Much <laughs> he said story. no. And I was, no, I got paid double. I got paid as a PA and as an extra. And I was in a scene with Richard Lewis. Nice. And the locations guy and the art department head. That is a way better story. Yeah. Lou, uh, Marty, you? I um, I was 27, 28 um, when my friend John Sylvain, who uh, who used to run a, a theater at Yale. That is he related to Sylvain, Sylvain of the New York Dolls? I don't know. Um, and he actually sort of mentored Dan um, when at Yale. Uh, he said, uh, we're starting a theater company here in LA. and uh, Sacred Fools? And he, I said, uh, oh, that's great. And he said, do you want to be involved? And I said, well, I don't act. And he said, so? <laughs> nice. And so it was at the very first meeting for the Sacred Fools Theater Company. Nice. And then great a couple, theater company. A couple months later, I was on stage in the Fatty, Bucker, Fatty Arbuckle Spook House Review, the first play. Mm. And... Um, <laughs> The one review we got was uh, somebody left a program that somebody wrote something on. This play is batshit crazy. And that is framed. I think it's in the Sacred Fool's lobby nice. to this day. Nice. Yeah. So that's... That's uh, also a great yeah. story. Yeah. Um, and it was a musical and Dan was in it. Phil, oh, wow. Yeah. And uh, Phil Lamar was in it. He and Dan did a sort of a, a vaudevillian act. God, I would have loved to have seen that. They were hilarious. Um and uh, let's see. Yeah, Have we talked about how amazing Dan is recently? I almost boycotted the show. I almost didn't come because Dan I know wasn't he did here. tweet in. <laughs> he's in Vancouver. Yeah. On um, yeah, so uh, it's very exciting. His, Diane, mi- his mind fires at such a high level. Mm-hmm. Unlike us, 
Yeah. And we try to... Well, you know, we have our own strengths. We try to dope Guys, ourselves. We, we have our own strengths. Really? <laughs> yeah. Is that true? Like three of us make one Dan? I think coffee is my strength. Yeah. yeah. Uh, mine is making coffee. Yeah. <laughs> mine is drinking it and then talking really fast. Uh yeah, so the show they're doing, I don't know if they, they can talk about it, but I'm happy to talk about it because I have no, no involvement in it. Dan's show or, or Dan's show, Fools? yeah. So it's uh, Rob Thomas and Diane Ruggiero, um, both friends of the show, uh, and they've just finished the Veronica Mars movie that should come out very soon, or uh, Rob has and, and Dan. Um, but it's a it's a it's an adaptation of a zombie comic book. I, be, I believe it's a comic book or novel. Ooh, what is it? Uh, I, I forget. Is it's, it Ruins? I don't know. Oh, okay. Is it uh, what what style? Is it horror style well, or is knowing it Robin lighthearted? Robin uh, Diane, it's probably like Veronica Mars with zombies, right? So you know, because uh, Diane was a co executive producer of that show. Got it. Um, so uh, they just got the green light. I forget which network. Maybe the CW and green light for the pilot or green for light for the pilot. Oh, okay, for the pilot. So they're up there in mad rush to put it together. Fantastic. Yeah. So mm. we're very excited for them. So uh, send them good thoughts, but don't tweet that I mentioned that this is a zombie show because <laughs> I might not have. I might not. Be at <laughs> don't trust to say Marty that. with secrets. Yes. I, well, there <laughs> be by the way, by Zombie Mr. Chang. Wait, what was the name of your Mr. Wu? Mr. Wu. That was Diane's like imagination. What should I put Marty you as? Zombie you, Wu. You, you Mr. You, Wu. You, Wu. Wu. <laughs> um, yeah, that's why she makes the big bucks. The big bucks. Yeah. Um, you don't want to alienate people with your genius. <laughs> no, you should exactly. not. Take it from me. Darren says 52 <laughs> episodes, uh, and you've only just realized Marty Yu says, yeah, that was great. I uh, thought I've uh, asked uh, you about that before, and you said it wasn't you. That's why I was mm, I think you're misremembering. I'm going to go back and re-listen I think, to every single I think podcast. Mia Farrow manipulated your memory. <laughs> Next one's from Greg Hay- Gregory Hayes, who is our Florida listener. He writes in, good morning, Marty, <laughs> Dan, James, in spirit. <laughs> Bill, Kruger, and Emily, I'm a long-time listener, second-time emailer. First off, hugs for Marty, so sorry to hear about Butternut. As a dog lover, I feel for you. Yeah. And right now, the two dogs are just, they're sitting peacefully. They're they being good. Bruno's sick of, you know, he's tired from trying to hump McQueen. Rejection hurts. <laughs> uh, you're doing a great job of keeping the podcast going with all you're going through. Uh, I feel this is your show now, Marty. Um, Dan's seems to always have something else more important to do this time. If I had a... a Pilot in Vancouver. <laughs> Fuck y'all. Yeah. <laughs> I, would, I would leave the door open. You could. Uh, if I just had somebody who wanted to hang out with me at this hour. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <I'm kidding. laughs> Fuck y'all. <laughs> I'm out of here. Yeah. Um, I still love you, Dan, and hope you find the time to come back on Marty's show. It's not my show. It's our show. It, we all it's, contribute. It's something. the show. It's the show. It's it will. Yes, it is. Really, the show belongs to you guys. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I have found a great site for Emily to help her learn how to use Twitter. I only got on Twitter to follow you guys and gals. Is it twitter.com? It helped me and makes it very clear uh, on how it all works. I hope Kruger is alive and made it to the show so we can get an update on what he's been up to. Uh, Billy, I see you. Uh, you're my favorite. I started to play Lost Planet 3 and I'm loving hey. your performance. Oh, thank you. I do find, my, find myself half expecting the character to go into a, a full-on bull, Bill's rant at any moment. <laughs> 
I hope you uh, do wait find for more. the downloadable content. Um, <laughs> I hope you do f- find more work in the gaming as a uh, work as a voice actor, if not more. Did Thank you, you. Didn't you just have a big audition for? Game? I did, and it went really well, and I was really happy with what I did. The, the director said he enjoyed the performance. It was left of what he was looking for, whatever that means, but that he was considering me for another role. So okay, oh, we'll see. All right, everybody. Send out good vibes. My question for you is, what was your first car? Did you love it, hate it? I ask because I recently found pictures of my old 96 Honda Accord that I dumped money into when I was a teen and early 20s to make it a sexy beast. 1987, Buick Skylark. Um, Always keep up the great morning show. And for Emily, uh, www dot mom this is how twitter works dot com <laughs> does it make it more interesting i don't know i didn't check it out and then he sent a picture of a very very cherry honda accord if such cars could be cherry <laughs> uh, i had a 1987 buick skylark uh dark blue exterior slightly lighter blue interior i called her vesper because i was reading a james bond novel an ian fleming novel at the time and did you realize uh they made a drink based on that character called the Vesper. Did they? Yes. In fact, the last time uh, I was just this week, it was uh, I was with John Enbaum for his birthday, friend mm-hmm. of the show, and he uh, ordered a Vesper, and we heard the story of how it came out of the novel. And um, I think James Bond orders a drink. Somebody's going to correct me on this, but and based on the the character Vesper, mm. and then uh, they uh, either in Fleming or a bartender made up a drink nice. based on that yeah well that used to be the name of my car i had three sets of fuzzy dice i also hung um a sectar What's from the rear view mirror a what sectar What's they that? were uh there was this great toy line that the they were action figures that rode giant bugs and the bugs were hand puppets uh-huh. um they were really cool they never took off i mean they had like a limited series comic book run and a i think they had an animated show briefly uh, General Spydrax was the sectar that I hung from my rearview mirror. Nice. And I also stacked, um, I went full white trash deliberately. I stacked uh, stuffed animals all along the rear, uh, the, the whatever you would call it, the back. I was about to say, this, <laughs> yeah. is, this is your your virgin years. <laughs> well, I just think I'm still experiencing those. And then what uh, really sold it was that I crashed it three times. Wow. <laughs> so you couldn't even get in the uh, passenger side because it, it had this interesting U-shape from having <laughs> plummeted sideways into a ditch and into a row of cherry trees. Oh, my Lord. Did you? Were you hurt at all? Uh, I wasn't hurt in any of the three accidents, but Vesper was... Uh, uh, took a few hits. A little, little worse for the wear. Any of them As was it? my insurance. Yeah. <laughs> um, by the way, Darren just uh, tweeted in that it, it was announced in the trade. The CW uh, is producing it. It's called iZombie. Yep. Kate. Got it. Got it. Done. <laughs> Over it. That's a wrap. Yeah. Yep. yep. Uh, that's so weird because I've heard about that being in, like, I think they've been so trying to get weird. it made for <laughs> for a long time. And I, I've read that. I've read Timely that. Timely reference. Maybe yeah. the Slack two of us. I don't know. It's like so weird. <laughs> <laughs> but now I, James would appreciate that. I love you, James. Uh, nice. Um, I had a Mercedes Benz turbo diesel. Ooh, starting big. Uh, its name was Panzer. What? Was it a 300 wagon? I don't know. It was one of them. They called it Panzer because it looked like a tank, and it was a tank because it had just this frame that you know, if you hit, it if also I had, a had semi, a turret on top. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> it's, it was, and uh, it had nothing inside of it except for the driver's seat. Like there was no passenger seat, no back seat. No. When you cut somebody off, did you go Blitzkrieg? Yeah. <laughs> and how many how many hundred thousand miles did it have on it? Oh God, so many! And you had to plug it in if it got cold. You had to plug it in overnight so the engine would start in the morning. Hmm. Well, how would you plug in a no, car? No, you have an engine block heater. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. It's because diesel, uh, it they don't have. Um, you know, spark plugs, so you need to make sure it's ah, warm. I didn't and know. It I've went never from, owned a diesel. It went from zero to 20 in 10 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> but it was a tank. But it was a tank. And I could, uh, yeah, you didn't want to have a run-in with the Panzer because it would, it would annihilate you. How did you see over the steering wheel? Uh, did you stack? Did you stack phone, phone books? books? I thought so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, you and you have the sight. You know, the sight right. comes down over your <laughs> eyes. How many times did you get pulled over for underage driving? <laughs> Did your parents take out the seat so you? How many times do you get pulled over for underage driving now? Uh, um, uh, I drive. I drive a very tiny car now, so I look big. (laughs) Now that they don't use phone books, how do you see over the steering wheel now? Yeah, I uh, booster seat. Did your parents take out the seat so you wouldn't drive friends? It was just like so you couldn't make out the back seat. Old. It was like it was like the seats were so torn and ripped up that it was like just get rid of it. Just get get an asbestos hazard. Yeah, (laughs) take this out. There were squirrels living in it. (laughs) (laughs) I love that car. What happened to it? I eventually traded it in for a Mitsubishi. Named. And it didn't have an... Well, it later became toothless because Mm. it got so beat up that it looked like it had dragon scales and, uh, and it had like... Like it had like sort of like a Fu Manchu because the bra on the front started tattering (laughs) and, uh, it was, it was, it was pretty, it was pretty cool. Uh, my grandfather, he was a very successful businessman, but he, one of his things was he was a Ford man only. And which is funny because then his son, uh, my uncle is, uh, he in response is a Chevy guy, (laughs) only drives Chevy, you know, Mm. because he was a rebellious teen. Right. Um, and and he also refused to buy a new car, so he would only buy used Fords. So he had this uh, T Bird that was just a piece of shit, and then he had this <laughs> powder blue two door Ford Fairmont, nice, and you know with like bench front seats. And he was a big drinker, and so I, there was one day. Uh, one night we went out for dinner and my father had to drive home because my grandfather was too drunk to drive. Uh, and then he's in the, the middle of the front seat bench and he turns around and goes, you like this car, Marty? And I was like 14 at the time. And he goes, oh, sure. And he said, all right, it's yours. I'm giving this car to you. And then he got lung cancer and died. And <laughs> when I graduated from college, I, story twist. I got the, uh, I got the car. I got the Fairmont. Wow. You had to wait five Fairmont. years. Well, because I didn't in college, I didn't need a car. I had a car in college. Oh, yeah. Mm. I, I, I had a I had a minivan in college. <laughs> so, wow. Again, still the, didn't get the, any action. The virgin years <laughs> went on. Go figure. Uh, so I had this two door Ford. Want to go to the movies? I can drive us there. And seven of your friends. Right. Oh, and, all your friends are guy. Oh, well, all right. <laughs> <laughs> you want me to pick pick your boyfriend up? Okay. <laughs> all, right. all right. What you guys doing back there? Shut up. <laughs> So uh, that was my first car out here in L.A. And um, you I, came out to L.A. right after college, right after. College. Well, you're from the California area, uh, uh, yeah. But I do, otherwise known as California. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure there's some that people. Area known as. I'm sure there's some people California. in Nevada who are like, yeah, I'm from the California area. <laughs> yeah, 
anything west of Chicago is California to me. So I was dri- I was a PA, and I've told this story before, but I had to drive uh, two actors to work. Uh, wow, that was always the worst when you had to take anyone who would be considered a celebrity in, a, in, in your own car. Yeah, so it was like a low-budget film, and I had to pick a Mia Sarah, who is the, the star of, or whatever, the female lead from Ferris Bueller. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And uh, so I had to take her into work, and and the and the lead actor and they would just pass out in the back seat. You know, they were just sleeping the whole way because it was like a six a.m. call. Yeah. And but it was in the middle of rush hour traffic when the brakes on this thing gave out. <gasps> rush hour traffic, and so I would just press the brakes all the way to the bottom, and the car would slow down and then drift like at like oh, four miles an hour. Gosh. And bumper to bumper traffic. So I just had to like go super slow and just time everything and just pray right. that traffic would move before I hit the car in front of me. Could you use the parking brake? Uh, I didn't. Otherwise known as the emergency brake? I didn't even think of that because I didn't, I didn't even think of that. Never forget the emergency brake, mm. everybody. Yeah, that's the takeaway. That's yeah. yeah the more Never you know. forget the emergency brake. Uh, did the did the brakes give out with the actors in the car, or was this... they were they were asleep in the back? Oh. <laughs> don't wake them up! Don't wake and them up! I am just sweating. <laughs> I'm just pale. Awful. I'm white knuckling it, and I made it there. And I was so traumatized by that that uh, experience that I just I didn't drive the car again. I mean, it was a piece of shit anyhow. Like mm. it, it was a '78 Ford Fairmont. How'd Auto you get car. home? Uh, I got a ride home and then uh, sold that car and then got my other grandfather's car. <laughs> oh, nice. Datsun. That, yeah, Nissan's used to be called Datsun's. It was a oh, I remember that. 710 like olive green wagon. It was, it was an awesome car. Uh, but yeah, that was my first car. And I felt there was no love lost when that car exited my life. Did you tell the actors in the back, you have no idea how close you came? No, I know they never knew. They never knew. They... Now you do, Mia. Are you listening? Yeah. Oh, she's, she's a big fan <laughs> of the show. Friend of the show? Big fan no, of the show. After the, Mia, after the Mia Farrow thing, she's like, fuck this show. Yeah. <laughs> she turned it off. Oh, good. Um, wait, do you, do you play Settlers of Catan? We almost played that at the Super Bowl. But that's how invested you were in the how, game. Yeah. <laughs> we were almost like, um, we can do better than this. We can do better. Uh, so Jeff said that there's here's something for Emily. Turn your Settlers of Catan board game into a globe. And there's no link. Hmm. That, so I don't know what that's a he's reference just, to. Maybe he just had the idea. Um, that would work. Chris Brown, his first car was a 91 Buick Regal named Rex. Um, really? He, you named your car a dude? Huh. Well, it's My a, it's a Buick cute. Regal. Yeah, right. It could have been a queen. Uh, Regina. And Mark wants to know what happened to Vesper. Uh, I think after the third accident, which was by far the worst, it involved spinning 360s into a row of trees. Ice? Uh, no. Incredibly high speeds because I was angry and brokenhearted. And were your fists sore from beating the steering wheel? Uh, no, they were sore from smashing into the steering wheel <laughs> <laughs> oh, because they spun into a row of trees. Um, uh, it lasted a little bit longer after that, but I had cracked the gas tank so I could only fill it halfway because it would leak. Um, oh, but those fumes! It was just—it was just <laughs> on its. It was really on its I last legs. Uh, and I think we just traded it into a junk shop for like four or five hundred bucks. And that—that that was senior year of high school, so I didn't—I didn't need a car. Freshman year of college, I had one by sophomore year, I think. Hmm. Nice. Well, I'm glad you survived that. That's pretty. Uh, yeah, yeah pretty me too. Gruesome. It was uh, entirely my own fault, and, and now one of many times when I've taken a broken heart out on my physical 
well-being. Right. But now you do it on bicycles. Yes. That's, I, that's safer for everybody else around you. Maybe that's not. also how I tore my PCL. And what's going on with your knee? Um, just, it's it's a, uh, what's it called? It's a partial tear of my PCL. It will never heal. It doesn't regenerate. So I've been given I've been, I'm a series of physical therapy exercises. I got about 40 minutes of exercises I'm supposed to do every day for the rest of my life. Wow. All right. That's good. And then, mm-hmm. so you don't need surgery. Uh, no, they don't. They don't generally do surgery on the PCL. Uh-huh. Only I think only if you're, if you're very young. Uh huh. Um, and it's a partial tear, so it's not as as if there's nothing there. Oh, but. that's well, that's good. I'm glad you don't have to go under the knife. That's, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you know, take pharmaceuticals. Jell <laughs> uh, Martin. Ramir, I'm sorry, that's terrible. Jell Ramirez writes in. Good morning, Merps. Just wanted to say thank you to Emily for recommending Fables. Oh, you're so welcome. I'm up to issue forty. In one week, 40 in one week. It's good. And so far, the stories are very enjoyable. It's fun to see literary characters acting batshit crazy. Yeah. That's fables. Yeah. Well, they're more like folklore characters acting batshit crazy. Ah. Um, my question, are there any characters, fictional or, fictional or not, you would like to see act out of characters a la fables? Emily can probably explain. What do you uh, keep up the good work? Thanks for the free money. Joel. Wait, what? Act out of... Joel okay. from the LBC. What did he say? What, what's the question again? Say it again. Are there characters, fictional, fictional or not, you would like to see act out of character, a la fables? Oh, oh, yeah. I've never really thought of that. Um, like it'd be nice to see Anna Karenina go nuts, guys. You, am I right? <laughs> am I right? Anna Karenina, uh, crazy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I haven't thought about that. I mean, there's a lot of there are a lot of characters. Like, it's always entertaining. You know, what, what happens in fables when? There's, it's, it's, it's not, they're not like wildly out of like character. What, one, one example. One example is uh, Goldilocks is sort of like a, uh, a zealot. She, and she's insane and like she collects a whole bunch of guns and she's sort of bloody and, and ruthless kind of mercenary and has a little bit of a cult with the, with the three bears and it's, it's, it's twisted and it's pretty dark. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. I would like to see Bill act out of character. And, and be sweet. And be sweet. I don't even have a Maybe character. Maybe kiss a baby. Yeah. Yeah. You <laughs> see how sweet I am with your dogs. Street? Yeah, that's true. You've seen sweetness. But we mean like to a human being. To a human being. Yeah. Yeah, fuck that. <laughs> see, out of character. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I I don't know. I mean, I think that's that's one of the fun things about working with, in, you know, with something like fables is to, to put something, turn something on its ear. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, I remember there's that children's book, stinky cheese man, where you get to see like these nursery rhymes. Uh, it's like, I forget who wrote it. Uh, John Shiksa, uh, Shiksa. Shiska, Shiska, <laughs> Shiska, <laughs> Shiska. Uh, okay. and, uh, he, you know, it's very, you know, it's like twists on the three, the three, uh, pigs mm-hmm. and, and very Mother funny. Goose. I just read um, That Is Not a Good Idea by Mo Willems to my primary school class, and they loved it so much they asked for encores more than once. Um, and it's a twist like that where it, it, it's a brilliant book. I love Mo Willems. He used to work for uh, Sesame Street, and he's an award winning children's author. He's got a whole series of books that are worth looking at if you're dealing with children. Uh, how old life. are these kids again? Uh, uh, kindergarten. Can you they Four would or like, five. They would like Stinky Cheese Man. Yeah, it's, actually, I, it sounds familiar. I think someone recommended yeah, it to me. I think it's me, a Newberry so Award winner. I'll look it up. But uh, um, it's this it's this wolf, hungry wolf and um, plump goose, and they meet each other on the street, and the wolf was like, would you like to go for a walk? And she's like, oh, that sounds like 
fun. And then there's this chorus, like Greek chorus of baby chicks, like, that is not a good idea. (laughs) And that, you know, oh, would you like to continue this walk into the deep dark woods? Huh, sure. That is really not a good idea. (laughs) And it gets to the end where he's like got her boiling soup and he's like, but there's an ingredient missing. And she's like leaning in and, uh, and, you know, the little baby chicks are totally freaking out. Mm -hmm. And then the mother goose whacks the, wolf on the head he falls in the soup and she feeds all the geese oh that's soup. dark yeah and then the kid and then all the baby geese are like well we tried to warn him oh <laughs> that's cute that's fucking great and dark yeah. so jeff posted a link to uh, a gizmodo page article about somebody who turned the Catan board into a globe oh cool yeah can you still you can't play it once it's in a globe. yeah no i think that you can stick it's stick things on, like, stick pins? things on it, Velcro or mm. whatever. You can hang it from the ceiling like a chandelier and play standing up. <laughs> hey. Hey. The one thing that's been missing from board games, standing up. You can physical activity. <laughs> you can play it on the, the space station. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. Oh, cool. <laughs> Much more importantly. I know I have a Christmas gift for some astronauts. <laughs> <laughs> or I thought you were going to get your uh, Settlers of Catan players a space station. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Alternately. <laughs> this last letter is from Yako. Howdy, Marty, Bill, and of course, Emily. First of all, thanks for the continuation of this morning show, even if some of it is not recorded. Okay, it was like 20 <laughs> seconds this morning. Just like literally 20 seconds. I missed another one. A, a, a smoking hot intro. Oh, <laughs> lost, lost in time. Uh, as you know, I'm involved as writer and supervising producer in the short film Afslag 89. Cue the. Oh, that's who. <laughs> What's so funny? Bill's laughing. Is that really what it's called? Yeah, we need. Uh, I think it was Dan who had the funny pronunciation. The uh, director producer. Is it about be... a duck that walks around trying to get people to buy a certain brand of insurance? No, it's a. It's a. I think it's a. It's a. Or is it just a word that we're not familiar with, so we look ignorant for mocking other cultures? I, it has something to do with the highways or roads. I forget. I'm sorry, Yako. Oh, I see. Oh, because he's not American. Bill, he doesn't speak English. <laughs> oh, that's adorable. No. Yes. The uh, director producer will be visiting <laughs> the NAB show in Las Vegas coming in this coming April, and our movie is planned to be screened and premiered. Congratulations. Oh, so cool. Yes. Congratulations. Um, there, before we even show it over here in the Netherlands, I will translate the Dutch to English subtitles for the international viewers. Nice. Not really a question, but just wanted to put something in. <laughs> what is it? Mail, Mail statements. statements. Mail, Mail statements. statements. Yes. And he says, greetings from Yako. Fuck the East Coast. I love that. So now we'll just pimp whatever you've got. I should I should read these beforehand, shouldn't I? Is that, is that weird? Everyone knows you're not going to. Oh, damn Someone it. take advantage of that and, and get really twisted my name and dark is Marty in the second and half. I'm wearing no pants. Before you can lead him. <laughs> yeah. uh, my name is Marty. I'm wearing no pants. Who wrote this? Yeah. <laughs> damn you, Yako. You got me again. This is the last time. <laughs> So get your emails into noonerpodcast at gmail.com. And uh, Logan says, old news, but my Star, War na- Star Wars name is Adada Giafor. Nice. Giafor, Giafor. That works. Yeah. That's a really good Star Wars name generator, whoever made right. that up. So if you want to know, either listen back or just uh, Google what is your Star Wars name. And you can learn out how to make your Star Wars name based on your mother's maiden name and some other your stuff. Your first name, I think. It's yes. a pretty complicated formula, but, but it, oh, it's worth it. Very effective. So, so in um, in Maine, there was a very important sort of, or a very interesting 
sort of ruling. There was a, a teenage girl uh, who uh, was, um, she's transgender. So oh, yeah. uh, she was she was fighting for the rights to use the girls' bathroom. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. so uh, she would use, she'd been uh, transgendered since she was two or three. And, uh, and so she felt most comfortable using the girls' bathroom. And then uh, a boy followed her into the girls' bathroom and said, well, if he can use it, why can't I? So then, oh. this, so then she was barred from using the girls' bathroom and had to use the faculty bathroom as a sort oh of like God, a stop weird. as opposed to dealing with it because it's a very complicated issue. No, it's a very it isn't. complicated issue. No, it isn't. She identifies as a female. Well, for you as somebody who is who is uh, educated and open-minded and and wise to the world, it's a very simple thing. And to us it is too. But if you're like if you're some Freak. someone who's who's not been exposed to that world, you, you see like, well, he was born with a penis. Why can't he just be a guy? And if you got a dick, use a urinal. So it went all the way to the main Supreme Court and <sighs> she was uh, finally allowed the right to use the girl's bathroom, which is a, good, which justice has served. I wonder, and this is, on, this is an honest thought. I wonder why the boy cared. The boy who said, if she gets to use it, why can't I? Like, because, why does he care? Because what does because he need the girls? Kids, best we we prey on what is different. Yeah, and in so just beat her up, but don't uh, protest that you should also get to use the. <laughs> Did no, you just right? advocate violence? Yeah. Oh, there you go. It would have made more sense to me. <laughs> there are many ways to bully, and that is one of them. Right. Yeah. And and kids are very creative when it comes to torturing other kids. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. so uh, it sort of you know it, it's highlights how. 2013 was sort of the the year of heightened awareness awareness of transgender uh, issues, mm -hmm. and because we we didn't see them a lot before, but then 2013 there was also th this case was highlighted, and there there were transgender models there, mm -hmm. uh, and it, it Jared Leto in Dallas Buyers Club sure. was being reamed for not understanding the transgender issue, which is yeah. kind of not his job, but and whatever. Orange is the New Black has a transgender character on it, and. <coughs> And I think it's 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 interesting, and it's and there's a huge fight for transgender transgender equality, which is important. But I it feels foreign to a lot of us because we like it's different from gay rights or black rights because mm -hmm. they're we they're a lot more visible gays and blacks in our circles. Like I, we all have gay people and, and minorities in. Uh, in our social circles, not all of us have transgendered people right. in our social That's circles. That's a good point. Uh, so it's hard for us to, I, and many people have been on record saying like, I, I understand it intellectually, I just can't embrace it. What, um, what does that even mean? I can't embrace it. Like, are you saying that you will not become transgendered? Well, they don't understand the life, like how somebody makes that choice. I don't understand a lot of lifestyles, but I don't think it's a huge deal. You know, that's a really good point. Like, I, if, how if it if it's not in your life, then why do you care? <laughs> yeah, I don't understand. Like, I don't understand. I don't like, like really, dogs, really... so I don't think anybody should be able to own, enjoy, and love the company of dogs. I don't understand why anyone would want to have a baby. Why? What? <laughs> what's this with the dog park? Yeah, and yeah, <sighs> like I, I just I can't embrace dog lovers. I can't. Uh, I don't. I don't embrace it. I understand why someone might have a dog, but it, shut the fuck up. 
Do you? I don't give so a shit don't get a fucking dog. Yeah. Dick. I mean, it's to the point like I only know one transgender person mm-hmm. and is it Emily? No, what a thing to say. I don't know. I don't know if Is Emily. it me? Uh, no, it's it and she is a uh, like she came out as an adult. Like she she, she married as a male mm-hmm. and is still with uh her wife, the wife mm-hmm. and but is a transgender a, a woman and i just remember like there's a gay friend of mine who's just like ugh, it's just a desperate try, cry for attention like <laughs> wow so, like it's so funny that like even amongst gays there's this like weird bias but it is you know that's the only transgender person i know and she doesn't pass at all <laughs> oh. and, but and i'm happy for her and and she's she's a very nice person, so I, I don't have any problems with it. But it did take me a while. Like, what the hell's going on? Like, I've known this person for ten years as a male, and then now I just right. How much of it is a? How much of it is psychological? How much of it is physiological? Biological? How much of it is a choice? And how much of it is a, a, a being driven by other forces? But she seems really. And happy. It, I'm, it's so, got to be individual. Yeah. I, I I would yeah. think that would have to be individual. So, case do you guys case. have transgender people in your life? I have one friend who is transgendered. And have you always known them as a transgender? No. I met him when he was a she. Uh-huh. And uh, he, just a fascinating person in whole. Just had a very rich life. And, uh, and I met him while he was going through the crisis of this doesn't feel right. He had a very loving boyfriend at the time and... and and we talked a lot about, you know, how he felt in sex because it, he just, he was like, he couldn't bear his organs, but Ugh. he's, 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 he's bisexual. Uh, and it, so he's a wonderful person, one of my favorite people. And I was with him when he started taking the hormones and started uh-huh. doing, and started changing his identity. And uh, I introduced, I'm not going to tell you what the TV show was because then you'll figure out his name but i introduced him to a tv show because he would sort of relief release the pressure of the confusion and the 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 struggle that he was going through by watching uh television with me so i got him watching this one tv show and when he became a man he chose the name of the lead character from that tv oh. show oh nice. felicity <laughs> <laughs> oh hey i got felix I, I messed that up didn't i felix city uh, <laughs> <laughs> um and then he got like i haven't talked to him a lot since because as soon as he became um, a man he got really heavy into like muscle man leather fetish culture <laughs> like huge like he's won awards in this community and he dresses that way every day and, but he awesome. got married and uh did he marry a, a, a woman he married a man a man uh-huh. mm-hmm. um it's really interesting like in this american life there was a this uh, transgendered man was talking about how when he started doing hormone therapy how like he would be on the subway and he would just look at people and just think a woman and think I want to fuck that woman and like hmm. and he just he realized like oh my god I never had these thoughts as a woman but now that I'm on uh, hormone therapy like I can't stop having these thoughts wow. and he understood he appreciated like the difference between male and female and and the way he puts it is just uh, so this was a, this was a woman becoming a man right. And taking and the testosterone. testosterone made him, wow. And just like couldn't, you know, like the focus was always on like sex. having sex, you know. Huh. Uh, and it's an interesting difference. I mean, uh, it's clear that what was causing it. But uh, yeah. Um, so 
ladies, just you know, give us a break. <laughs> um, by the way, I don't think we got we got very few tweets just at the beginning from women, but uh, uh, but none none later on. I don't know. Maybe we lost them with our. <laughs> It's just uh, what I'm curious to know is this 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 person who became transgender at the age of two. Why did that happen? Oh, uh, actually, she. I shouldn't. I don't know if she she transitioned, but she identified with being a girl at the since the age of two. Oh. So I actually I misspoke, and so I don't know when she actually did the transition. But um, oh, it says by the time she was in fifth grade, she had a female name and used the girls' bathroom with the school's full support. Hmm. Oh. oh, how about that? Yeah. Hmm. I mean, it's such a tough decision as a parent until you see how happy they are when, when they, the change is happening. Right. Yeah. Uh, so here's my question. is: Would you ever date a trans man, uh, Emily, or would you ever date a trans woman, Bill? I have no idea how to answer that in the abstract. I think it, yeah. I think it would be something I would have to be... It depends entirely it would, on the would, person. Yeah, it would, it would be such an individual. But that wouldn't be a... Uh, a, a non-starter. No, this I don't is, think this so. This is I actually I I honestly don't have all of the terms and stages in my head. So you would be you're asking me if I would date somebody who was born a man but has gone through surgery and hormone treatments. Just, uh, just not necessarily. Not necessarily. Oh, okay. Um, I mean, my gut instinct is that I wouldn't be super comfortable dating a woman with a penis. I wouldn't know. I would that kind of freaks me out mm. and on a part like not as in society but in in my own personal sex life that's not something that right i would uh certainly seek or necessarily welcome and that's just a gut reaction without editing myself at all and apologies if it offends no, i'm I literally mean, it, talking out, out off the top of my head with, sure. with it with it because it's not it's not something i've ever asked myself or been asked. i feel that way about blondes i just could, can't <laughs> figure, i don't understand how that works no i've dated I think if I didn't know, I hate to say it, but I think if I knew up front there might be a mental block, but if I didn't know up front I might. I mean, it's like it seems perfectly fine to me like dating while everybody's pants are on just seems like not a problem. <laughs> but yeah, there would be an issue. It would of course it would of course be an issue, but I'm not saying immediately right now. No. It is hard in the hypothetical, isn't it? Yeah, it's really hard as a hypothetical. And and but as the, you say, it's, it's interesting if if it's front loaded, if that information is front loaded. It, it is a different story than if you're mm -hmm. getting to know someone and, and, and the information comes out in, in pieces. Mm -hmm. right. right. Or but later on. After I mean, that would be terrible if you've been dating for three months and like, oh, by the way, um, you know. Right. Well, they should My, definitely tell you before the trousers come off. You don't want to have a crying game experience. Right. Right. Uh, anyhow, I just, it, it's uh, the fact that you guys are, are thoughtful about it is a good thing. And I think that that's that is a. You know, if you asked me when I was in high school, I would have been like, "Fuck no, Fuck no, I'm not gay." Yeah, but I've known a lot of people who have had very serious, very long-term same-sex relationships who don't identify as bisexual or lesbian, and who are now married and heterosexual couples with children. Um, and I don't think I don't think it was a phase. I don't think it was an experimentation. I think they fell in love with a person, and that person happened to be of the same sex. Were those women? Uh, both men and women. I know more women than men who who have had that experience, but I I know both. I mean, sexuality is you know more fluid with with women than it is with men. Hmm. Um, I mean, they're more more because women are sluts. No, women are more open minded. <laughs> well, Marty, I wasn't making an eye. <laughs> 
I know. I wasn't. <laughs> everything I say is under a microscope today. This doesn't make for a very We're good very comedy. We're very serious today. No, I'm just making it clear because not everybody listening. Everybody, Let's let everyone else make up their own minds. Well, and I'm giving them and all And they the can choose to hate me. I don't give a fuck. I don't like any of you either. There you have it, people. <laughs> There's all the love that you get. Unless you're Bill, a dog. Which is and even none. some of you dogs are dicks. I don't um, understand dog people. Little dogs, hate them. Yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> all right. We're going to wrap up. We're going to find out what's going on with Steve and get some information back to you. And hopefully... Well, and maybe next time I can tell you about uh, my Call of Cthulhu campaign. Uh, maybe not. After uh, six months of... There's some very important issues arose, some very interesting topics of discussion. Maybe it'd be interesting next time. I'm talking to the... Uh, Remind me not to be group. here next time. You know? <laughs> no, I can't wait to hear that. All right, we'll make sure that's on the uh, agenda. And maybe we'll get uh, Dan calling in. Because uh, I think be he'll fun. probably still be in... Ca- maybe Dan will call in and we won't be able to figure out how to patch no, no, it through. No. I have I have a little cable here that allows us to do it. That is a really little cable. It's not plugged into anything. <laughs> <laughs> But it works. <laughs> Ladies, it works just fine. Um, my little cable works just fine, even though it's not plugged into anything. When it is, uh, well, theoretically. It'll rise to the occasion. It'll rise to the occasion. So that's at Emily O'Hara, and she's going to... I'll ignore you. No, no, because you're going to go to that Mom, site. this is how you use Twitter, you idiot. <laughs> Dot com. Dot com. <laughs> the you idiot is optional. Uh, that's at Bill Twatterson. It's Twitter sensor. <sighs> God, why do you? Who's correcting who? Um, at Marty, at Dan Etheridge, at Steve. What's his? What the fuck is his name? What that guy's name? I forget. Um, get your emails into at Nooner Podcast, Nooner Podcast at Gmail dot com, and we will see. Oh shit! I realize there's no James to press the thing. <laughs> we will see you next. Tuesday. Yeah, I don't feel like singing. Shit. There it is. This has been a production of Smodco Internet Radio. has been a production of Smodco Internet Radio. Sir, only at smodcast.com.